When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. is an hour I'm never ever ever going to get back <laughs> an hour I'm never ever ever going to get back first of all that is a great song Smashing Pumpkins a great Billy Corrigan tonight 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 that album is great I love that song 1979 that's on the same album but um, what am I talking about exactly on this Wednesday morning happy hump day by the way folks Bernard is still out today there's a chance He'll be back tomorrow. In fact, he was actually texting with uh, Congressman Peter King last night, which uh, makes me believe that he may be back tomorrow most of these weeks when Bernard is receiving chemotherapy. He's out the whole week. And that's been the case about a week a month for the last six months. But um, something tells me he may be back tomorrow. If not tomorrow, it will be Monday. So we'll uh, we'll let you know once we find out later on this uh, this afternoon. But um, last night, I found myself at about uh, 7.15, maybe 10 after 7, I was watching ESPN, and I was watching the pregame, I guess, for the Rangers. Rangers and Lightning played game four last night, and if you don't know already, it was one of the worst efforts I've seen from the Rangers this whole postseason. I mean, they're never in the game. They fell behind early. I never felt like they were going to come back and win this one, unlike the Pittsburgh series and the Carolina series, and they got blown out. But um, I'm watching the Ranger pregame, and then they go back to ESPN Sports Center. And now they're talking about the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics showing that jackass Golden State head coach Steve Kerr at a press conference wearing a mask. God, I can't stand him. I would love to punch him right across the face. I really would. So that made me nauseous. They're doing some baseball stuff. I'm like, what am I watching? What am I doing? What a waste of time. Danielle's trying to talk to me. Gabriel's trying to talk to me. And then it occurred to me, wait a second. Isn't tonight on CBS... That swill the Democrat gubernatorial debate. Now, last week, New York won, had a debate, and uh, Errol Lewis, that racist jerk-off Errol Lewis, 
You could tell I'm a big fan. He moderated that debate. And guess who didn't show up, Errol? Oh, no. Just the governor herself, Kathy Hochul. So I'm not doing this. New York won. What minor league team is that? I ain't doing this. So, Errol, you got to feel pretty good about yourself because you had the same debate a week ago, and the big star, if you will, didn't show. That wasn't the case on CBS last night. Maurice Dubois, I guess that's how you say his name. And uh, what is her name? Uh, Kramer, the blonde lady? Marsha Kramer. Yeah, she's a nice lady. I've actually met Marsha a couple of times, and I think the last time I saw her was at Chance Palminteri's restaurant right before the Columbus Day Parade. She was there to cover a John Katsimatidis press conference. Good morning, John. I love you. But, um, boy, was that brutal last night. I mean, Marsha, God bless her, was like half asleep. And uh, Dubois, well, he's fine. I guess he's like every other anchor. You know, he looks pretty good, but he's, you know, basically a box of rocks. And he reads what they write for him. And they were like whispering last night. It was weird. Right? The, uh, the three candidates, very low energy like Jeb Bush, <laughs> kind of whispering, and the, uh, the moderator is kind of whispering. And uh, I watched, I would say, the last 45 minutes. It was Kathy Hochul, who is the governor right now, but she's going to be out. Uh, Jumani Williams, who is currently the public, uh, that was the advocate. What do you call that? The um, public uh, advocate. Yeah, public yeah. Ad. Yeah. yeah, his job yeah, is to something. keep the uh, mayor in line. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Great job with Bill de Blasio, even better with Eric Adams. So he's the public advocate. He was there. And then, of course, a dear, dear friend of the Bernie and Sid show, Tom Swazi. That backstabbing, lying, you know, just, uh, I mean, I, I can't say enough bad things about Swazi. But a good friend to the show. But we love him, yes. In fact, at one point last night, Danielle looked at me and said, I got to tell you, he's the best of the three. And I said, you know what? You're probably right. He probably is the best. They're all liars anyway. I can't hold it against Tom Swazi that he came on this show and told me and Bernie one thing and then three days later reversed it. They're all liars. Williams is a liar. Hochul is the biggest liar. So if I don't hold lying against Tom Swazi, he may have been the best of the three. But that's like saying, you know, it's like winning the, um, you know, losing the much weight at a fat camp, you know, winning a beauty contest at a leper colony. Got it. See what I'm doing there? Yeah. Write it down. Write it down. So Swansea may have been the best of the three, but they were all awful. And I have to tell you this, and we'll play some of the audio throughout the show. CBS really tried their best to show off some personality. Look, you get the guys on the right. One of the knocks on my friend Lee Zeldin is not overly charismatic, doesn't seem to have a a great personality, certainly a guy that's got a big-time resume been a very successful politician out there in Shirley, Long Island for a long time, war hero, all those things. Donald Trump endorsement, all those things are big. But the knock that I get on Zeldin is, is that not high on charisma. Andrew Giuliani, this kid's a fireball. He's got charisma. He's got balls the size of New York City. He will uh, take you to the mat and punch you right across the face. I like that about Andrew. No experience, I get it. Giuliani name may hold, they may hold that against him, I get it. But certainly charisma, not an issue with Andrew. Same thing with Rob Astorino. Good-looking guy, has charisma, has had success in politics, Westchester County executive, and uh, very, very smart, too. And then you get Harry Wilson, who, by the way, texted me last night. I know it sounds crazy, folks, because I know a lot of you think of me as... Um, that's kind of the second wheel, like Bernie's the brains behind the operation, all that stuff. I have to tell you that I'm the guy. 
I'm the one that all of these candidates uh, are all over. They're all over me. Astorino, Wilson, Giuliani, all over me. I got a text from Harry Wilson last night. Let's get together. Let's figure this out. Uh, you know, I got a good shot at winning this. Oh, and very nice, by the way. Very, very nice. Uh, he's got some charisma, too. He's got a great resume. He really does. Of the four guys, he's done the most in terms of business. So you look at the Republicans and charisma, personality, a confidence, not an issue. You watch these three walking dead last night, Kathy Hochul, Tom Swazi, and Jumani Williams, embarrassing. And then CBS, in their desperate attempt to bring out some personality, at the very end of the debate, they did something where they asked for one-word answers. Right? So give me one word to describe Sid Rosenberg. Uh, funny. Funny. Okay, we'll take that. Most would say narcissistic. <laughs> some would say handsome. A no. uh, few would say bright. But, okay, we'll go with funny. So they go, they go, they ask these questions that were just uh, so stupid. I mean, the city is on fire. Vicious crimes and violent crimes every day in this city. Homelessness, filth, taxes, guns, people leaving by the droves. And the last couple of questions they ask, you ready for this? Hey, Jamani Williams, do you believe in ghosts? What? Now, I know that this idiot Eric Adams, the mayor, said a couple of weeks ago that Gracie Mansion is haunted. And that became a pretty big story. But, hey, Jumani, hey, Swazi, hey, Hochul, do you believe in ghosts? Then they follow up with this one. You ready? But this is a very important question. If you're at a karaoke bar, what song are you going to sing? I swear to God. I'm going, is this for real? Again, I get it. Desperate attempt to show some personality, make these people kind of human, not just robots and talking heads. As if, by the way, they slayed it for 45 minutes talking about the real issues. What karaoke song do you like? Do you believe in ghosts? I mean, CBS should be embarrassed. What song did they pick? Um, (laughs) Swansea picked the Bobby Darren classic, Beyond the Sea. Right. I don't even remember what Jamani Williams picked, and I certainly don't remember what Kathy Hochul picked. <laughs> I mean, happy days are here again. <laughs> you know what? While we're on it, we may as well play one uh, one bit of sound. Let's uh, pick one of the major issues here. Let's go with um, gun control. How about that? Because Matthew McConaughey yesterday set this country on fire. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian, it doesn't matter. If you didn't dig. Matthew McConaughey at the White House yesterday, you got some real issues. He was amazing, amazing. And if you don't believe me, you're going to hear from Judge Deneen. You're going to hear from Greg Gutfeld. You're going to hear from Janine Pirro. Everybody loved Matthew McConaughey, who's sexy. I'll admit that. Great actor. And what a wonderful speech he gave yesterday. We'll get to that. But he was talking about gun control. Here are the three menses. The three geniuses. We'll start with the uh, governor right now, Kathy Hochul. Her thoughts, last night's debate, courtesy of CBS, on gun control. This is 15. The purpose of the press conference, gathering people, was to take a pen and sign into law 10 bills that no one had ever undertaken before. You mentioned micro-stepping took a decade. I've been the governor for nine months. I got it done in record time. I made sure that we have resources to go to community violence disruption programs, tripling the amount of money 
so we can get at root causes, but also give the tools to law enforcement to do their jobs. Banning ghost guns, banning guns that defy description. You should see some of these weapons that we're seizing. And you know why we're seizing them? Because I told our state police to work for the first time ever with nine other states, put together a consortium, and stop the illegal guns from flowing from Georgia and Tennessee and Pennsylvania into our streets. All right, there's uh, Kathy Hochul patting herself on the back like only she can. Here is uh, our friend Tom Swazi once again, last night's debate, courtesy of CBS, on the same gun control laws. 13. I 100% support giving judges the discretion to consider dangerousness of the defendants who come before them, as you mentioned, Marsha, the same as it is in 49 other states in the United States of America. The governor says she cares about crime, she wants to address crime, but she does nothing to fix bail reform. Uh, It's hard to imagine uh, that this governor can continue to say that she cares about crime, but 69% of New Yorkers say she's failing on crime. She says she jumps right in. Well, when it came to the Buffalo Bills Stadium, she got something done that nobody thought would get done. (laughs) It's so unpopular. It's a billion dollars, the most lucrative deal in the history of the NFL. She got that done. She twisted arms. But when it came to bail reform, she didn't engage. Yeah, Swazi kept going back to her husband, William, the Buffalo Bills deal, which is a very shady, corrupt deal. There's no doubt about it. Also, of course, don't forget she's having her office redone up in Albany. Uh, Buffalo, $2 billion, excuse me, $2 million deal. And uh, the guy that's doing it is a donor. So she's got some uh, dirty stuff all over the place. And Swazi was the one who kept bringing that up, even during the gun control conversation. Lastly, uh, on the same topic, gun control, once again, courtesy of CBS last night's debate, here is the public advocate, Jumani Williams. I have to remind folks, as you mentioned, it's in 49 other states. Many of those states have cities whose gun violence is worse than us. That's why you need a governor who has spent their life working on figuring out how to stop the gun violence. I'm proud of the leadership that we took. So you're against the dangerousness. But I want to be clear. I'm proud of the leadership that I took in the decade that the governor was supported by the NRA from 2012 to 2018 to help this city become the safest it has ever been. That research, that work that we've done is what I want to take to Albany. <laughs> right, what he said. Uh, so there you have it, folks. That was uh, one of the major issues last night at this Democrat gubernatorial debate, gun control. And uh, you tell me, you know, listen, I understand that most of our listeners are Republicans, if not conservatives. I get that. I understand that. So odds are, no matter what they said, they, they could have, you know, uh, they, they could have uh, split an atom. And you guys would be like, they're morons. I understand that. But uh, they didn't. And uh, listening back again this morning after watching it live last night, I'm equally as confused today by Kathy Hochul and Jamani Williams as I was last night. And I get Tom Swazi. He kept describing himself last night as a common sense Democrat. That sounds great. John Katsimatidis talks about them all the time on this show. I keep asking, where are they? Give me one. Give me one. Common sense de- Democrat. Give me one. It ain't Eric Adams. Don't even, don't, e- don't even go there. And Tom Swazi, the guy that came on this show with me and Bernie and said the parental act in Florida is more than fair and then came back three days later, had the balls to call me on my cell phone because I ripped him when he said, wait a second, I was inartful in my comments and it's not right that gay kids are getting bullied. What in God's name does that have to do with this bill down in Florida, Tom Swazi? Nothing. He's about as common sense as uh, most NBA players. So that's, uh, that's the end of that. There, there are no common sense Democrats.
Maybe there's three or four. I don't know. But certainly nobody on stage last night is a common sense Democrat, despite Tom Swazi's assertions. So we got Matthew McConaughey. He was uh, he was great yesterday. Chesa Boudin, the district attorney out in San Francisco, who is Alvin Bragg 2.0, maybe even worse if that's possible, maybe even worse, along with Gascon out in Los Angeles. The good news is Boudin was ousted yesterday. They've had enough. Even San Francisco, even California, some horrible people, just like here in New York, even they have had enough and Boudin is out. That's got to raise Alvin Bragg's uh, eyebrows, right? He's got to be thinking, I'm next. He's got to be thinking that, right? Now, we don't have the recall mechanism here. We can get that on the ballot. We know that. But uh, that's got to happen and happen soon. If you can get rid of Chesa Boudin out in San Francisco, you can get rid of Alvin Bragg here in New York, and uh, that'll be a discussion that'll go on today. What is going on with our golfers, guys like Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, these guys about to collect big money from Saudi Arabia? Actually leaving the PGA Tour, some of these guys like lefty Phil Mickelson, one of the more celebrated careers in the history of professional golf, and taking the money, and big money from Saudi Arabia, and saying things like Bill said yesterday, which is, listen, I'm not okay with human rights violations. Well, if you're not okay with it, Phil, you're okay with taking their money. That's okay. Now, we know Phil has major issues, a major, major gambling problem. Millions and millions of dollars, which he's admitted to, even said yesterday he feels like he's progressing hundreds, if not thousands of hours in meetings. But Phil Mickelson, come on, man, taking money from Saudi Arabia to play golf. And again, Dustin Johnson and others, Phil Mickelson is not alone. The Rangers get buried last night. The Yankees, they win again. And a big guest is coming your way this morning, starting at 8.05 with my mom. She's all hopped up about something. I don't know. It doesn't take a lot to piss off Naomi. You know that. So uh, she'll be on at 8.05. Yes. in the White That's right, Mom, yes. Uh, 8.40, the great congressman making his Wednesday appearance, Peter King, and then live in studio at 9.25, Mrs. Hip Hop herself, the very talented Jania Butler. So right now, three guests. We may get four, efforting Michael Goodwin on tomorrow night's January 6th hearings. We're going to cover everything today you need to be covered, all of it. Politics, local and national, sports, entertainment, pop culture, you name it. Once again, I'm with you all day. Sid Rosenberg, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Welcome to a Wednesday morning with Bernie and Sid. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wednesday morning, Summer Breeze by Seals and Croft, one of my favorite groups. And uh, Jim Seals, the Seals part, obviously, 
He passed away yesterday at the age of 80. So uh, rest in peace, Jim Seals, Seals and Croft. And uh, I know you love those guys too, the Rufino, yes? Yeah. You yeah. know the other song? Did you ever see that show, uh, The Paper Chase, that law show? No. It was in, it was in the 80s. Yeah. John Houseman, remember that guy oh, who used sure, to do the, uh, yes. the commercials? I think, he was, uh, I think he was knighted. I think he became Sir John Houseman. Right. I it was all so. about these uh, law students in law school. It was yeah. a good show. Yeah. They did the uh, theme for that show. Seals and Croft did. Yeah. Look what are up. their, uh, I know you got Summer Breeze. They also sang, I believe, uh, Crystal Blue Persuasion. No, that's Tommy James. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's what, just yeah. checking. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did they sing that, was, uh, that we'll play today on this show? Diamond Girl. Oh, Diamond Girl. That's a good not, song. Not the uh, one that goes, Diamond Girl, you're my Diamond Girl. Please, That's not you that gotta, one, right? you got to stop I, that. I, I, Sorry I, about that. I, I yeah. wanted to stop it before. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say this. Uh, once the, you get him going, The though. last thing you want to do in this city, <laughs> and this is where uh, I'm going to put myself before any other host at this station, even my partner. The last thing you want to do in this city is piss me off. Because like it or not, whether you like me, love me, dislike me, kind of like me, I've got the bully pulp. I got four hours a day. You may have a TV show for an hour a week. You may uh, end up uh, doing some stupid news show sitting on a panel. I've got four hours a day in New York City, the number one media market in the world, with a show that is right now number one, getting ratings in the sixes. Those are Howard Stern numbers from years ago, Elvis Duran numbers. That's the numbers that me and Bernie get now. And... um as you can tell, uh, I'm a very nice guy, very sensitive guy, but it doesn't take a lot to um, to piss me off. You're what a uh, you're what like a psychiatrist would call. Shut like up! A, I didn't ask you to talk. Like a Keep quiet for a second. Wait, I'm trying to introduce you here. <laughs> introduce me. Why do I need an introduction? He's a nice guy. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, but today I just got aggravated for for uh, it's not a big deal, but Justin aggravated me. Not him. It's not his fault. So it turns out we've got Peter King, Janae Butler, and my mother. Coming on today. Mom is uh, pissed off about something, a Democrat or something, I don't know. Um, and tomorrow is my father's birthday, and my dad would have been 90, I think, tomorrow. So uh, last time she was on was her anniversary back on May the 19th. Now she'll come on today. Tomorrow's his birthday. And then um, I said to Justin Ellick this morning, I said, tomorrow begins at uh, Circus, that Barnum and Bailey Circus, the January 6th hearings, led by Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, and all these horrible people. And Michael Goodwin, who I'm always, always um, saying nice things about on this show. Listen, I always say Miranda Devine is the best writer, New York Post, best writer in the country. Nobody is better than Miranda. But I'm also quick to say that lining up right behind Miranda Devine at the Post is Michael Goodwin. That's nice, right? That's very nice. If you're second best at anything, you're pretty damn good, no? That's complimentary on your part. I would say so. So I said they get Goodwin on today because he wrote a story about Pelosi and these ridiculous hearings about to take place tomorrow night. So Justin goes into uh, goes to work, and he goes out there and uh, tries to book Michael Goodwin for later on this morning. That's the good news. The bad news is, as Joe Beningo would say, disaster. What happened? <laughs> I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm presuming I woke the guy up. Well, how'd you get his phone number? I got I got thousands and thousands of emails from the likes of John Katzmatidis and, yeah. and and everybody at the station from all the talent at the station. So I found you know I could find anybody's number in my email. Right. So I gave him a call. You called him. Yeah. I called now, him. what time was this exactly? This was like uh, this was eight eight about eight minutes ago. So you're looking at about six 
nineteen a.m. Yeah, I called him at like six twenty. Okay, and you know, well, actually, a woman picks up the phone and says, "Who's calling?" I said, "It's Justin Alec. I'm the executive producer for Bernie and Sid in the Morning, and working right. for Michael Goodwin." I could hang on. So a when second. you say it's Justin Alec, yeah. Don't you think at that point maybe the lady hangs up? Like she has no idea. This is Michael Goodwin's right. wife. Well, but I'm, but, but I'm a very, Alec. I'm a quick talker. It's it goes right from the Alec, the, from the from the K sound in Alec right into I'm the executive producer for Birdie and said the uh, more, You know, gotcha. they don't right. have time in between sure. Alec and and the word I'm right. to uh, sure. to right. really make any 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 rash decisions. But sure. then he picks up the phone and the first thing he says is, "Oh, it's a little early to be calling." Now, did he say it playfully or was he no? Was it, well, yeah. No, I mean, it wasn't like yelling at me, but it definitely wasn't playful. He was pissed. I, I mean, listen. You, we, we, we have a show that starts at Just six, at six the o'clock in the morning. Question, was he pissed? He wasn't happy. He wasn't happy. Oh about my! It. So now you ruin the relationship. I didn't between ruin us anything. We have a God we have a show it. that starts at six o'clock. If I want to get him on at seven forty, what do you want? I'm not going to wait until seven fifteen to call him and say, "Hey, can you come on in twenty minutes? Don't you want to give the guy a little time to prepare? Maybe I don't know. I'm trying to get to him as early but as I can. At so we, what did I I'm do? not yelling at you. Okay. I'm not yelling at right. you. I'm right. very aggravated over the entire situation. <laughs> I'm, I'm frazzled. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's totally understandable. There's nothing, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. In no, this no, well, but he shouldn't. He shouldn't be like that. He sh- First of all, he should be um, honored. And I mean this sincerely. At the risk of sound like a complete dick. He should be honored that, that this show wants him on to begin with. I've heard him on the air, for example, with Mark Simone. You know, I love Mark Simone. He's great. Yeah, but he's uh, uh, several tiers below us. Correct. I've heard him on uh, with other people in and around town, uh, people on this station as well. But when Bernie and Sid call you, uh, you should be um, almost celebratory. And uh, don't give don't give Justin Alec any attitude. It's not he was up already. It's not like you woke him up. It, he was already it, up. it didn't sound like I was waking him up. He right. was definitely up. He had had his coffee. It sounded like. Right, but, well, he, uh, he's but now suspended know. from the show. My tomorrow, this is not one day suspension. one day suspension. Now in five minutes, my phone's gonna ring, and he's gonna you know. You didn't you didn't sound like a complete D before. <laughs> now you do. Yeah 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 yeah. You were well, he's suspended there. just for today. You can get him back on tomorrow. Okay. Suspended for today. I don't want to call him again. Now I'm scared. Now you're scared to call him? No, I'm scared. Give me his number. I'll I'm call frightened. him. No, I'll call him on the air right not, now. What's his number? I'm not Give not me his number. Look, 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 get I'm not doing that. Get the damn phone up. He's got, no, no, he's got stuff to do. He's, he's got, got nothing to do. He's, he's got, got nothing to do. He's nothing. got stuff. He already wrote his column for today. Uh, what does well, he have to do? He's have to go on the air with uh, Len Berman? Listen, he's got work to do around the house. Give Phil the number. I'm going to call him on the air right now. People want, trust me, people want to hear this. I'm going to give, I'll give Phil a Fugazi number. All right, Phil, don't do that. Give him the real number. If I take a, if I, if I uh, give me five callers right now, do you want to hear me call, call, call Michael oh, Goodwin? Gee, right what now? are they going to say? <laughs> They're going to say yes. It's going to be great. I'm going to yell at him for yelling at you. I'm trying to defend your honor here, Justin. Well, I appreciate that. Thank, thank, thank you very much. That way. No, the the principle is is very nice. It's, I I actually really do appreciate it, yeah. but I don't think it's necessary in this circumstance. Okay, but you're not scenario. the host. I think it's necessary. Okay. Okay. Give him the number. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. I'll I'll give it to him. I just had flashbacks. (laughs) Oh my God! uh, My life just flashed in my eyes. Son of a bitch! That fat bastard, Rob Bartlett. Yeah. Yeah. Call him right now. Who's he calling? And the nightmare ends with them asking you to go home. You know what's funny, Lou, is that every now and then the I Man still lives. You know, I've been accused of this many times the last couple of months, and the quote is: "For a guy that hates Don Imus, you're starting to sound just like him." Exactly. That yeah. was a, right out of the playbook <laughs> right now. Charles well, McCord. You know, you know what he's talking about? This is the show to call. Like, get, get him on the phone. Well, I could call the seven other New York Post reporters that did the same. That wrote the same piece. Uh, nobody cares. So. so All we care about yeah. is Divine, Michael Goodwin, 
Carol Markowitz. Oh, She's so, very uh, good. Maybe I'll wake her up next. And there's a writer there named Joe Takapina, <laughs> yeah. but it's not my uh, attorney friend. Anyway, traffic and sports are coming up next. But right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to the Bo Snurdly, The Future Is Now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts here. Bo talks about Chipotle. I'm not making this up. And cryptocurrency. Take it away, Bo. Chipotle is saying that right now they are accepting digital currency nationwide. They're using something called Flexa that I've never heard of. So I had to go look at Flexa. It just started me on a research trip. I'm like, okay, so what's Flexa? I need to know what Flexa is. These are payment platforms very similar to PayPal or Apple Pay or Google Store's got their wallet as well. And this is a really big deal because up until not too long ago, you can't really use crypto for everyday type purchases. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. All right, the Rangers. Man, up two games to nothing. A 2-0 lead in Game 3 in Tampa. Looked like they were well on their way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Well, I got news for you. Since they took a 2-0 lead in Game 3, the Rangers have been outscored by the Lightning 7-1. to they lost game three, three to two, and last night, not even in it, a four to one loss at the hands of the two time reigning Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. And now the once big Ranger lead is gone. The series has been reduced to a best of three. It's a two two tie. The good news is the home team has won every game so far, all four games, and the next three games. Two of those are at Madison Square Garden. That did not get lost on Ranger head coach Gerard Gallant after last night's loss. I'm not worried about them building them. Hoping it's going to be a homer series. That's what it looks like so far. We were pretty good in their building. They are pretty good in their building. So. There you have it. Again, the home team has won every game. Game five coming up tomorrow. Another day, another win for the Yanks. Blew out Minnesota 10-4. Stanton a home run. Anthony Rizzo a home run and of course all rise judge with the 21 home runs tied for the fifth most in yankees history through the first 54 games of the season and judge hits that high in the air to center field celestino back all the way back he's not going to catch up with it goodbye into the grass a two-run bomb off the bat of aaron judge and an early two nothing yankee lead and uh, the Yankees go on to win. Home run number 22 for Judge. He leads the majors. The Yankees already at 40 wins. The first team only took 55 games to get there. Their first inside the AL East. The Mets were not very good last night. Shut out by Hugh Darvish and the San Diego Padres. 7-0 the final score. The Mets drop to 38-20. and Of course, they are still a first-place team. Tonight, game three of the NBA Finals. That series right now 1-1 between Golden State and Boston. Sports brought to you by the great Pete Morgan, Peerless Spoilers. Check them out. PeerlessSpoilers.com. PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. My mom, Naomi, coming up at 8.05 with sports. I'm Sid. 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Just as a protocol you didn't follow, Justin, which has you're supposed to text at six and call at seven. I got a bunch of those messages from former producers who, by the way, were laughing hysterically the last segment. That's why we do stuff like that. The show is about entertainment first and uh, ratings and that type of thing. And um, most of the time I'm kidding. Sometimes I'm not. But most of the times I'm kidding. Um, and, and uh, you know, we just had some fun with it. But uh, I guess you screwed up. So now you're going to be in big trouble. Well, listen, I, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't stop get, it. I'm kidding. I didn't I get care. the memo. Well, now Mike, we know. Thank God. Now you know. Now yes. we have all the infects. Michael will have to get over it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, the big star, though, in the country today. It ain't Michael Goodwin. It's uh, Matthew McConaughey, of course, the great actor. Now, I don't think most people realize this, but Matthew McConaughey, actually a native Uvalde resident. Matthew McConaughey was actually born in Uvalde, Texas. And I knew he was a Texas guy, obviously. The rumors even last year, he may run for governor in the state of Texas. Me and Bernie talked about that. And um, I would have been fine with that. And after watching him speak yesterday, he may be the best choice. But I had no idea he actually was born in Uvalde, Texas. So certainly the shooting near and dear to Matthew McConaughey, which I guess explains why he would be at the White House talking about gun control as he did yesterday. And again, everybody on both sides commending uh, Matthew McConaughey on his performance yesterday. He really was great. Here's, uh, here's a bunch of cuts. If you did miss it, I got you. Don't worry. As Bernie will often say, we watch it so you don't have to. Matthew McConaughey, gun control, talking about uh, it's a little different this time with Uvalde. Here he is, Oscar Award winner Matthew McConaughey. How can the loss of these lives matter? So while we honor and acknowledge the victims, we, we need to recognize that this time it seems that something is different. There is a sense that perhaps there's a viable path forward. Responsible parties in this debate seem to at least be committed to sitting down and having a real conversation about a new and improved path forward. Uh, Camille and I came here to share my stories from my hometown, Uvalde. Came here to take meetings with elected officials on both sides of the aisle. We came here to speak to them, to speak with them, and to urge them to speak with each other. To remind and inspire them that the American people will continue to drive forward the mission of keeping our children safe. Because it's more than our right to do so. It's our responsibility to do so. His uh, wife is beautiful, and they, they actually brought with them the green sneakers of uh, one of the little girls, I guess, Camille, who was killed in Uvalde uh, last week. 
which made it very, very emotional on top of everything Matthew McConaughey said. Here he talks about gun owners, the Second Amendment, and not having to give up their rights as, once again, we pursue both sides some needed change. We heard from so many people, right? Families of the deceased, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, Texas Rangers, hunters, Border Patrol, and responsible gun owners who won't give up their Second Amendment right to bear arms. And you know what they all said? We want secure and safe schools, and we want gun laws that won't make it so easy for the bad guys to get these damn guns. We need to invest in mental health care. We need safer schools. We need to restrain sensationalized media coverage. We need to restore our family values. We need to restore our American values, and we need responsible gun ownership. Responsible gun ownership. We need background checks. We need to raise the minimum age to purchase an AR-15 rifle to 21. We need a waiting period for those rifles. We need red flag laws and consequences for those who abuse them. Now he went on to talk more about the Second Amendment and responsible gun owners, uh, gun owners, I should say, and how this is not a partisan issue. This is Matthew McConaughey, number three. Responsible gun owners are fed up with the Second Amendment being abused and hijacked by some deranged individuals. These regulations are not a step back. They're a step forward for a civil society and, and the Second Amendment. Look, this should be a nonpartisan issue. This should not be a partisan issue. There is not a Democratic or Republican value in one single act of these shooters. It's not. But people in power have failed to act. So we're asking you, and I'm asking you, will you please ask yourselves, can both sides rise above? Can both sides see beyond the political problem at hand and admit that we have a life preservation problem on our hands? See, that was interesting. He actually was able to make both sides happy there. He talked about the importance of the Second Amendment. He talked about people not stepping on uh, the Second Amendment. That, of course, makes the right happy. But then he talked about how, listen, there has to be some control here. There has to be some control so we can stop what we've seen at schools like Columbine, Columbine, I should say, and Uvalde, which he says here in cut number four. We've got to take a sober, humble, and honest look in the mirror and rebrand ourselves based on what we truly value. What we truly value. We've got to get some real courage and honor our immortal obligations instead of our party affiliations. Enough with the counterpunching. Enough with the invalidation of the other side. Let's come to the common table that represents the American people. Find a middle ground. The place where most of us Americans live anyway especially on this issue, because I promise you, uh, America, you and me, we are not as divided as we are being told we are. We start by making laws that save innocent lives and don't infringe on our Second Amendment rights. We start right now by voting to pass policies that can keep us from having as many Columbines, Sandy Hooks, Parklands, Las Vegas's Buffaloes, and Uvaldes from here on. He keeps talking about infringing on our Second Amendment rights. So he's not one of those crazy lefty actors who wants to take your guns away. He's not that at all. In fact, he's the complete opposite. What he wants is, yes, Second Amendment is great. Love it. He probably has guns himself. But we do need some gun control laws that will prevent the next Columbine, the next Uvalde, uh, as he 
as he said there. And, and how do you make sure that the victims didn't die for no reason? I'll tell you what, it's not about putting their pictures up, these little kids, God rest their souls, in the New York Post. I found that to be perverse. It's not about CNN for nine consecutive days putting up pictures of dead little kids. It's not about CNN talking to teachers nine days later who played dead and talked about the smell and the sound of dead kids everywhere. That's not paying respect. That's not paying respect. That is that is newspapers and TVs looking to sensationalize a horrific event and keep you folks interested and reading and watching, and I find it to be gross. I've always said that. It's enough already. I don't want to see the planes hit the buildings. I don't want to see dead kids in my newspaper. How do you make sure these kids didn't die for no reason? This is Matthew McConaughey, 5. My uh, uh, wife and I... Uh, my wife and I, Camilla, we spent most of last week on the ground with the families in Uvalde, Texas. We shared stories, tears, and memories. The uh, the common thread, independent of the anger and the confusion and the sadness, it, it was the same. How can these families continue to honor these deaths by keeping the dreams of these children and teachers alive? Again, how can the loss of these lives matter? And let's admit it. We can't truly be leaders if we're only living for re-election. Let's be knowledgeable and wise and act on what we truly believe. Again, we got to look in the mirror, lead with humility, and acknowledge the values that are inherent to, but also above, politics. we got to make choices, make stands, embrace new ideas, and preserve the traditions that can create true, true progress for the next generation with real leadership. Let's start giving us all of us with real leadership, let's start giving all of us good reason to believe that the American dream is not an illusion. So there's Matthew McConaughey coming from a place, I think, obviously, of love. Right? He didn't pick on Republicans. He didn't pick on Democrats. He didn't yell and scream. He said, hey, folks, it's time to change some things and stop little kids and others from dying in this country. How many times have other celebrities gotten involved in these conversations, whether it's a Rob Reiner meathead, whether it's, uh, you know, Alyssa Milano, whether it's Robert De Niro. I want to punch him across the face. He said about Donald Trump, whether it's Barbara Streisand. We can go on and on. All these uh, Meryl Streep, another hateful actress. We can go on and on about all these very talented people. By the way, tremendously talented people who, when given the opportunity because of their fame to step up and say something important, all they do is hate. And for the most part, hate on the right, hate Republicans. Matthew McConaughey, none of that yesterday. Now, (laughs) because I liked it, Sid Rosenberg doesn't mean that everybody liked it. Lou Rafino, I'll ask you. Uh, You got to be one of those guys who, when celebrities speak nine times out of ten, they turn you off, right? They're annoying. They're hateful. You don't want. You, have you said things in the past like I don't want to hear from these people? I, only when they're saying things that are just they're not making sense. Right. He makes perfect sense. He makes perfect sense. He, he always has, actually. So you liked what he had to say. Oh, I loved it. So did I. Of course. And so did others, especially. On Fox News, one of our dear friends, every Sunday morning, does a fantastic show at this station. Judge Janine, this is cut number six. Here's what she had to say about Mahatma McConaughey's speech at the White House yesterday. I think it was delivered brilliantly. What he did was he had both the intellectual as well as the emotional pieces combined. He did it in a way, and I questioned what he was doing in the White House briefing room. I really did. But then I realized he did it better 
that anyone from Congress or certainly the president of the United States could do. And he presented things to make everyone feel that they were vested in this. How about that? That is high praise from Judge Jeanine. Didn't stop there. Here's a politician, Tulsi Gabbard. Don't forget, a Democrat. And actually, I do stand corrected, John Katsimatidis. She is a common sense Democrat. She's one that actually does exist. Here's Tulsi Gabbard on McConaughey's speech. He's a sincere person. You know, he genuinely cares about our country, cares about the American people. And so I think this message was delivered in that in that spirit. And I hope it's received in that way as well. And he's I completely agree. We do have to come together as a country. And I think there is common ground that can be had uh, where I think we all want to make sure that criminals and those who shouldn't have their hands on guns don't. And that we do not in any way undermine our Second Amendment rights, the the those uh, law abiding American citizens who own guns should not see their guns taken away. We do have others on this, including Greg Gutfeld, Dana Perino, and a host of others. 1 800 848 WABC, 1 800 848 Again, Naomi Rosenberg, my mother, she is uh, all hopped up about something. I don't know. She'll be here at 805. Lydia Reports comes your way at 825. The great congressman making his Wednesday appearance, Peter King. He's coming up at 840. Jenea Butler live in studio, 925. And your chance at cash and prizes coming up with Pete Morgan's Peerless Boilers Beat Sid contest comes your way at 940. A stacked Wednesday show again more McConaughey more reaction to McConaughey and more on last night's gubernatorial debate between Hochul Williams and Swazi right here on Bernie and Sid talk radio 77 WABC Do it live! hey Bill O'Reilly here and you are listening to Bernie and Sid God help you on the Red Apple Podcast Network Fall on me at 6.58 on your hump day Wednesday morning. Back on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show on Talk Radio 77 WABC. No Bernard today. Maybe back tomorrow. If not tomorrow, he'll be back on Monday. And uh, last I spoke to Bernie was two days ago when he called me on his way to get treatment and said, Rob Astorino wants to talk to you. And then, as I told you, Harry Wilson texted me last night. So we're getting close to June 28th, of course, primary day for both the Democrats and the Republicans. And if you watched that uh, circus last night on CBS, and it was a horrible job. The lighting was terrible. The questions were beyond stupid. Again, do you believe in ghosts? What's your favorite karaoke song? Maurice Dubois, I guess he's fine. Uh, I thought he was boring. Marsha Kramer, who I like a lot. I like Marsha a lot. Boring. And the uh, three candidates... Kathy Hochul, Jamani Williams, and Dick Face Tom Swazi. My God, was that awful. My God. 
I mean, Swazi probably came off the best of the three. Hochul came off the most confident because, well, she's in power right now. But I will say that if Swazi and Jamani Williams were there to kind of take Hochul down, they really didn't do it. I know that Swazi mentioned a couple of times Hochul's corrupt deal with the Buffalo Bills, her husband being the concessionaire, and uh, that deal. I'm not even sure they brought up the um, the office improvements. But I know Swazi brought up the Buffalo Bills a bunch of times. But I, I would say they probably both failed, Swazi and Jumani Williams, if in fact they wanted to go there last night and really take out Hochul. They didn't knock her out. Not even close. She just kept smiling. She has that uh, little snicker, you know. And, uh, hey, Mr. Mister Swazi, Mr. Williams, I'm in power, and you're not. That's how she came off. So, all in all, I think it was one big bag of feces, CBS and the Democrats. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly's morning message, and still to come, Naomi Rosenberg, Janine Butler, and Peter King, only right here on Bernie and Sid. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. (laughs) Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. today, I guess, huh? Maybe nicer in the afternoon. I didn't go to the beach yesterday. It was like the first time in like nine days. I didn't get a beach day in. doesn't matter because the ferry gives me about an hour of sunshine every day anyway. That ferry is great. It's so great. Except on that one day, the day after Memorial Day, that Tuesday, when there was literally a thousand people on the boat. I mean a thousand. And I remember going on the shuttle and saying to the guy driving the bus... Is this going to be the case every day? I hated it. And he's like, yes, the rest of the summer, that's it. And I will tell you that in the last week, there's not a day that's come close. Now, maybe Saturday and Sunday, that's the case, but I'm already home. So the weekdays, thank God, have not been bad. But uh, when you get your own seat and you're sitting outside on that second floor, it is just beautiful, huh? Beautiful. Is that Sid Rosenberg? He's getting a tan again. (laughs) Maybe we'll go over Uh, and talk to him. No, come on. It's not like they call. Yes, it is true. Every day somebody comes over. Every day. Really? Yeah, oh, no, it's true. not true. So I get a call last night from uh, Johnny Russo. And uh, Johnny's been on the show once or twice. He wrote my book, Citizens United, which is coming out. I think it's August 6th now. But a lot of you folks out there, thank you very much. I've already pre-ordered the book on Amazon. Again, it's a, it's a great book. Opinions on everything from Donald Trump to Joe Biden to Bill de Blasio, Eric Adams, BLM, Antifa, all the woke uh, politicians and cities across the nation, and then fun stuff. Memories of me and my father, how that's transformed me into the father I am today with Gabriel and Ava. Uh, good stories about my mom, too. Sports, Real Housewives, reality TV. I mean, I talk about everything in this book, everything. 
And again, thank you if you've already purchased it. But go buy another one. Just go to Amazon.com this morning. The name of the book is Citizens United. Two great forwards written by John Katsimatidis, really great, and Bernie McGurk. And then uh, five blurbs, which is praises, basically. Bill O'Reilly, Craig Carton, Chaz Palminteri, Peter King, and Miranda Devine. But I get a call from Johnny yesterday that um, now they want me to do an audio version. I'm like, a what? An audio version? I got to read, read. It's like 240 pages. I got to read the whole book and put it on, on audio. And believe it or not, people have asked me for that. They're like, well... I really can't see well. It's hard for me to read. Is there going to be an audio version? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now it's here. And now I'm terrified. So he sent me like six or seven different, um, I don't know, I guess uh, the terminology for the audio. I, I don't even know what these words mean. You would know this, Lou. It's, it's a, certain, uh, a certain equipment I need. I have to send them to get this done. You know anything about this? Okay, like like what? Like a microphone? <laughs> uh, no, no, not just a mic. I wish it was that easy. It's got to be like a certain, um, here it is. Um, and let me see if you know what this is. Uh, it's got to be resolution CD quality WAV or AIFF files, no MP3s, oh, okay, 16-bit, 44-1K, mono or stereo is fine, as long as they're all the same. You know these things? Yeah, the sample size of what you're sending. Yeah. Do we have that here, all that stuff? Yeah, sure. Okay, so i got to go into the studio one of these days. That's what you're going to be yelling on the audio. Oh, my God, i gotta, I got to yell and read my own book. And they have, like, an open and a close, and anyway... I think it's kind of cool, but like I must start the book by saying uh, Sid Rosenberg, authored by Sid Rosenberg with Johnny Russo. At the end of the book, I must say the end, believe it or not, it's actually very, very important. And make sure each chapter or section starts with announcing the section header, for example, forwards by Bernie McGurk and John Katsimatidis. Then pause for a second or two and begin reading the chapter. Oh, that's a lot. Too much work. Lou, what a disaster. <laughs> Keep the money. <laughs> Let's call Charles McCord. He'll do it. Oh, he'd be so great at that, wouldn't he? He'll be perfect. Oh, my friend. God. He'd be great at that. Tom Bergeron is good with that stuff, too. The guy who actually hosted Dancing with the Stars, and he's been on the show a bunch of times. So, anyway, that's um, I got that to do at some point this week, and it's uh, scaring the hell out of me. Anthony Zaccardi, if you're listening, I'll do a great job, I promise, but the thought of doing it has me absolutely terrified. You're going to do that here? I have to. Where am I going to get the quality stereo equipment to do it? I, don't know. I can go to Sirius XM, I guess, and ask Dog, but why not do it right here? This is my home. WABC. Chapter one. <laughs> I like Donald Trump. Joe Biden is a jerk off. I'm Sid Rosenberg. I hope you like my book. <laughs> okay, you got one page done. I could have Justin Ellick actually voice it, but... In fact, he's walking in the studio, and only God knows why. Well, you want to voice the book? To. Yeah, I'd love to. Because uh, there's no way that you're going to sit in in, a, in a, one of these studios for however, I mean, what is it? The, the book's almost 300 pages. 240 pages, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's... I'm going to go listen, nuts! And, and that, if you're reading fast, maybe you can get through 100, wor- uh, or, uh, 100 pages in an hour. I can't even... First of all, I can't see. You know that, right? Right, I exactly. can't see. You can't see, you can't hear, and he can't read or write, so it's terrible. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. How, I don't know how this book just, this book like came out of came out of thin air. He can't hear. He can't hear. He can't see. He can't read. And he can't write. You know, who actually, would be a great person to read this book. I'm being serious. Rob Shooter. 
Mm. With that sexy London accent? What do you think? Yeah. Or Miranda Devine with her Australian accent? No? They could alternate. uh, Yes, yes. That would be perfect. Right, instead of me and my stupid Brooklyn accent. Yeah, but nobody's going to be excited to do that for you. You have to sit and yell into a microphone for three hours. (laughs) It's a nightmare. It's going to take three hours? 240 pages? Yeah. That's crazy. We're yeah. on chapter three right now. <laughs> and then like, crazy. yeah. And then you'll like, you'll like trip over a sentence. Oh, you'll sure. Like, oh, cut, cut it, cut it, cut it. Right. Uh, we got to start over. Are you going to stay with me for all this? Absolutely not. No, no, no. no, no what do you no, mean? No. You're on your own. Oh, you're so on you're your my own. guy. I mean. Yeah, I'm your guy. I almost got uh, fired this morning defending you against Michael Goodwin. <laughs> well, yeah, you almost. And now you're not going to sit with me while I read my book? Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. Can you Son believe? In 2014, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. You have to read the credits and everything? Uh, you have everything. To read, like, no, you don't understand. Everything. Everything. The credits, the forwards by John and Bernie, every chapter, you know, my dedication to my father, all of it. I got to read everything. Everything. So, it's like every, take... so every time you, re- you read the part about your father, you're going to start crying. That's of it. course. That's going to take a yeah. while. That's, That's going to take, take a three while. Three days to get yeah. through that. Oh, my Forget God. It. You can uh, see, like, Libertini back there. Like, uh, oh, God, again. You know, I really want to argue with you guys and yell at you, but you're all exactly right. I mean, you're exactly right. It's going to be one big mess. I'm going to cry. I'm, gonna not, I'm not going to be able to read it. I'm going to step over myself 50 times. And I'm good at this, by the way, but I'm still going to do that. Yeah. It's going to take forever. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Can we fit? Uh, let's finish tomorrow. Can, <laughs> I, can, can, can I get a bigger font? I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> Alec, <laughs> give me one of those breakfast things. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I I'm flustered. I, 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 I can't do it. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Uh, yeah, Phil, yeah, where yeah. the hell are you? God, I hate all of you. No, I do hate you all. So anyway, uh, that's coming up sometime later this week. So uh, be prepared. Stop picking your nose. Uh, Thursday or Friday, okay, Justin? Okay. Right, why, you, why are you confirming with me? Because I, you're going to be here. You're going to be here. I told you I'm yeah. not doing this. You know, I'm actually sad now I didn't include Matthew McConaughey in my book, I swear to God. I was so inspired by his speech at the White House yesterday. You know, I'm so sick and tired of talking about these, the gun laws, the fights, the back and forth. You know, folks, how it goes. Whether it's these poor little kids, God rest all their souls, in Uvalde, or adults like Buffalo Years and years ago in uh, South Carolina, Dylan Roof. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Rigor mortis has not even set in. And Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and all these people are talking about gun control and gun laws. And it makes me sick to my stomach. Not that I'm not for them. I am for them. I'm all for it. Red flags, raising the age of 18 to 21, making it more difficult for bad guys to get guns. Of course, I'm all for that. I'm not for, I'm not for taking legal gun owners and making their rights impossible. Second Amendment rights, which Matthew McConaughey did bring up more than once yesterday. So it was just refreshing to hear somebody come out there and not give us the same old lines over and over again. Because if it's a politician... You know, depending upon the side of the aisle that they're on, you're going to get a very predictable response. You know that already. Republicans are going to say, well, mental health. And they're right. Democrats are going to say, gun control. And they're somewhat right. Annoying and lazy, but somewhat right. And now you get Matthew McConaughey who gets up there and says both. Says, basically, I'm just an actor. I'm just a guy. And I want both. In fact, let's play these two cuts one more time just to play more responses on McConaughey's speech yesterday. Let's go back and play cuts one and two from McConaughey and then get more responses. How can the loss of these lives matter? So while we honor and acknowledge the victims, we, we need to recognize that this time it seems that something is different. 
there is a sense that perhaps there's a viable path forward. Responsible parties in this debate seem to at least be committed to sitting down and having a real conversation about a new and improved path forward. Uh, Camille and I came here to share my stories from my hometown of Uvalde. Came here to take meetings with elected officials on both sides of the aisle. We came here to speak to them, to speak with them, and to urge them to speak with each other. To remind and inspire them that the American people will continue to drive forward the mission of keeping our children safe. Because it's more than our right to do so, it's our responsibility to do so. We heard from so many people, right? Families of the deceased, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, Texas Rangers, hunters, Border Patrol, and responsible gun owners who won't give up their Second Amendment right to bear arms. And you know what they all said? We want secure and safe schools, and we want gun laws that won't make it so easy for the bad guys to get these damn guns. We need to invest in mental health care. We need safer schools. We need to restrain sensationalized media coverage. We need to restore our family values. We need to restore our American values, and we need responsible gun ownership. Responsible gun ownership. We need background checks. We need to raise the minimum age to purchase an AR-15 rifle to 21. We need a waiting period for those rifles. We need red flag laws and consequences for those who abuse them. So earlier we played responses from Judge Janine and uh, Tulsi Gabbard. I've got two more responses here, both big stars at Fox News. One of those is uh, Dana Perino. She's also on the five with Judge Janine and uh, Greg Gutfeld. Here's what Dana Perino had to say yesterday about McConaughey's speech. Sometimes you need a different messenger. And because everybody, all the things that are going to be said on this have been said. People are tuning out the president, uh, even the press secretary, right? So she, <laughs> well, she, it is like she gets, she, she couldn't deliver a message like that. But when the, you mentioned how genuine he is, and so that yeah. authenticity comes through. And he also, he's talking about his hometown. Yeah. And he's talked to, he knows those people. It's- it is unbelievable that he's actually from Uvalde. And finally, Greg Gutfeld says what I said earlier, which is he's able to appeal to both sides. If you're a Democrat, you want gun control. He's all for it. If you're a Republican, you want to protect your Second Amendment rights. He's all for it. I don't know anybody who could be upset with McConaughey's speech yesterday. And that was Greg Gutfeld's point as well. He can bounce from church to church and people pretty much go, oh, he's a movie star. He's a movie star. But he's not he's rare and that he actually like the, he's not like a guy who tweets on Twitter or something when it happens. Like you can tell hopes and prayers to go to hell. He actually goes, does the homework. And that's why you can trust him. I did not see that as anything about gun control. I saw that as about the United States. I felt that he had stepped back and it goes back to the what we've been saying You've heard all of those things here at this table about a multifaceted approach, but there's a half of the country or half of the people, they don't listen to us because, of course, we're in our silos. And he has the benefit of being outside the silos. He's uh, he's untethered to any ideology. You can't guess which way he's zigging or zagging half the time. And when he talks about middle ground, he's coming from a position of good faith. He's persuading as somebody who can uh, appease, appeal to both sides. Oh, there it is. That's all courtesy of Fox News. So I need to correct myself. I just said I can't imagine anyone, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, anyone who did not like McConaughey's speech. Well, I found someone. (laughs) And uh, no shock to me, no surprise to me that this person who, by the way, I'm a huge fan of, huge fan of. Personally and professionally, and I love his father as well. But I did find one person 
who did not like the speech yesterday from McConaughey. I'll have that for you after Bill O'Reilly's morning message on the other side. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Wednesday, the new media offensive against Donald Trump begins again in earnest tomorrow night when the network news will put the House January 6th committee on in prime time. Now, everyone knows this hyper-partisan committee is out for just one thing to damage the former president by accusing him of contriving the attack on the Capitol building in 2021. This entire exercise is to sabotage another Trump campaign for president. There is no other reason for this partisan exposition. A fair committee would allow Republicans to present evidence. So, tomorrow we can expect to see and hear nonstop attacks and allegations concerning Trump followed by lots of knitted brows by the network anchors and experts who will gleefully pile on. As a journalist who has closely examined the awful January 6th situation, I have one simple request. If there is new verifiable evidence that President Trump engineered or even condoned the riot, state it up front, committee members. Let's see what you have before the partisan bloviating overwhelms us. Is that too much to ask? If the January 6th committee has facts, I, as a loyal American, very much want to examine them. As the Ghostbusters once said, we are ready to believe you. But only if evidence is delivered in a clear, disciplined way. Place your bets now. I'm taking the -the over-the-top, underwhelming odds. I could be wrong. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good. Great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning. I walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. and Croft. Again, rest in peace. Jim Seals died yesterday at the age of 80 years old. Seals and Croft uh, off of McConaughey's big speech yesterday. The House committee will hold gun violence hearings today. And I did mention that um, almost everybody, certainly at Fox News, they all loved it. Piero, Gutbell, Perino. I loved it. Matthew McConaughey's speech. And I said I found one person. Now I found two who did not love the speech. One is famous. Hosts a big show on Newsmax every night at 7 o'clock. Does a tremendous show here at WABC, 1 to 3 every weekday afternoon. His father, 
Ray was on this show just yesterday, former NYPD commissioner. And, and by the way, Frank Morano guessed this in his car. Thank you, Frank, for the kind words. He's loving the show. If, uh, if you had asked me what host at this station would not have liked it, I would have gotten this guy in two seconds. For some reason, Greg Kelly, if it's a big sports story, he doesn't like it. If it's a big celebrity, he doesn't like it. I was actually shocked to hear that he wanted to see Top Gun. I asked him that question. I was shocked to hear that. That is not really in character for Greg Kelly. So I'm not surprised he didn't like McConaughey's speech. Here's what he had to say yesterday on WABC. The shooting in Texas two weeks ago, all those kids, it affected all of us. It was horrible. But if you're a Hollywood movie star, if your name is Matthew McConaughey, and maybe you want to be governor of Texas someday as a Democrat, you get to go to the White House and let it all hang out and get to pound the podium, literally demanding action. I didn't like what I saw today. I didn't like how the mainstream media stopped everything it was doing to listen to this mediocre actor. And they did. (laughs) And the mainstream media... They gave him a great big pass. He's won an Academy Award. He's a bit better than mediocre. By the way, that was on Newsmax, not here yesterday. But there's Greg Kelly, and uh, my friend Lynn, echoing the same thing, says, I didn't love the speech. Back in 2018, McConaughey gave a speech directing everyone to give up their AR-15s and other such guns. Opposite tone a few years ago. And I said, well, listen, Lynn, it's okay. People evolve. Don't forget, I voted for Hillary Clinton, and now I'm right there with Bernie in love with Donald Trump. And the response was, I think he evolved into someone who's thinking about running for office. So she made the same point that Greg Kelly did, that this was basically a dog and pony show yesterday, and McConaughey's got his sights set. As we talked about last year, we thought he'd run for governor. Uh, We talked about it quite a bit, me and Bernie. It didn't happen, but maybe now... Maybe now he really wants to do it. And according to Lynn and Greg Kelly, two very smart people, opposite sexes, uh, they, both make, uh, they both make a very good point that uh, it did sound like a guy who's looking for votes. I think that's probably fair. I, I, I think it's a bit cynical. Yeah, but he's also from Uvalde. So maybe, right. you know, maybe they're missing out on that right. snippet of information that he's right. actually a right. Uvalde native. Ralph Napolitano from uh, Arthur Avenue and Antonis says he agrees with Greg Kelly, but he's another one. He hates celebrities. If I bring up Kim Kardashian, he gets angry. If I bring up the housewives, he gets angry. So um, not interested. Too, uh, too predictable with people like Ralph, Greg Kelly. So everybody's getting involved. You know what? Why not? Make a call. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Talking to this audience in the past, me and Bernie, you guys have had zero patience Zero patience for any Hollywood elites talking about important issues. And usually it's because they're very hateful towards Republicans, which McConaughey did not do yesterday. Did not do yesterday. I'm interested to hear what you thought about Matt's speech at the White House. We'll get to that. Plus, again, Naomi Rosenberg, Janae Butler, Congressman Peter King, all coming up. Going to be a great couple of hours. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Why we can't just hold on to each 
Mr. Mr. Broken Wings at 7.40 on your Wednesday morning. Back on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. The number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City. The self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in the country. No Bernie today. Maybe back tomorrow, if not on Monday. But we got you covered. My mom coming up at 8.05. She's always great. Lydia reports. Peter King, Janae Butler, and uh, who knows what else. This is the first time in a long time you know, that um, every single phone line is lit. Everyone, not that, that's always the case, but not one woman. And I, I think last I saw, we've got just as many women listeners as men, if not more. Uh, women are home. They, uh, not all of them, obviously my wife works, and, and so does yours probably. Uh, some are on their way to work, some are home, and they tend to be very opinionated. No, and, uh, and, and I'm very sexy, they love that, and uh, they call the show. But uh, here, every one of these callers is a man. So I'm going to predict, without even knowing it, that the majority of these callers hated McConaughey's speech because, A, they still view him as an actor and a Democrat, and B, they're jealous. That's how men are because, you know, they're mediocre in their own lives and not as handsome and all that stuff. So I don't know this for a fact. I have no idea. But my my gut tells me that they're all going to hate him. Let's see. Let's start with uh, John in New Jersey on line four. Good morning, John. Hey, Sid, good morning. Uh, Hi. Nice show, and best to Bernie out there. Thanks. Uh, Okay, so McConaughey, I think his passionate plea for gun reform is spot on. He appeals to a lot of people. Somebody's got to melt the ice on this issue, and I I think his verbiage, his, his, his presentation, his ability to hold an audience, everything he did in front of a... TV crowded. He's a star, so what? If he wants to be governor of Texas, good for him. You know, you need people there. No, listen, uh, I, I think what... Uh, thank they you. can handle the subject. Right, and, and uh, Dana Perino said the right thing. Uh, Fox News on Fox 5, sometimes you just need a different messenger, to your point. So, John, I was wrong. One phone call, fan of McConaughey. I would still be surprised if the majority of the callers liked him. Let's see. Rich is in Salisburg, Pennsylvania. Online three. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Sid. Uh, my best to you and Bernie. Thank you. Um, I'm definitely not as handsome as McConaughey or you, for that matter. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I did not like uh, the speech. No, why not? It kind of made me feel. It made me feel like I was watching Team America Part Two. Like I got another Alec Baldwin up there <laughs> making a speech, and he's an actor. So he's going to say all the right things. Well, let me, but let me ask you this. Listen, you're, he is an actor. You're right. Uh, that doesn't mean he's void of feelings. He, uh, by all accounts, is very likable. Everybody likes the guy. And for what it's worth, Rich, he was born and lived in that town. It'd be one thing if this happened in New Jersey. Why would Matthew McConaughey be speaking? But he's from that specific town where this murder went down. Just because he's an actor doesn't mean he's void of feelings. Oh, no, of course not. And and we're all heartbroken over what happened in New Baltimore. But the issue is, he, it, right in his speech, he made the point that they were going to take a slice out of the loaf. And and that, that shows where the, where the left always stands. It's not that people don't want to protect everyone else and protect the children. But the problem is they, they always want to, it's like a turning the cog in a gear, a, gear, a little yeah. bit forward, yeah. and it never goes back. And it always feels like they're trying to grab more and more and, and, and hurt our freedoms. 
Okay. As law-abiding citizens. Fair enough. That's All right. Fair enough. Good morning, Gabby Lopez. So it's 1-1. One, one. one person liked McConaughey very much. One, not at all. Here's Jay, my hometown of Brooklyn, New York, on line eight. Good morning, Jay. How are you, pal? Hey, good morning. I'm good, Sid. Uh, the reason why I disagree with uh, Matthew McConaughey is he said he wanted uh, more responsible uh, gun ownership. Right. We have over 100 million gun owners that have over 400 million guns and billions of rounds of ammunition. And every day they're doing nothing illegal with all of those weapons and all that ammunition. Right. So just because every so often some criminal commits a crime, doesn't mean that we but wait, don't but, 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 but Jay, I think that, that gun ownership. No, I know that, but I think that was his point. I mean, he talked time and time again about not infringing upon uh, legal gun owners' rights, not stepping all over the Second Amendment. So I think that was his point, that, yes, there are a lot of folks like you out there that are responsible gun owners and don't infringe on their rights. He did say that more than once. But you are infringing on their rights because when he was 18, he was allowed to have a rifle. But he wants to take away that right from 18-year-olds today who are not committing any crimes. Just because some wacko every six months shoots up a place Uh, doesn't mean that 100 million other people... I don't think... I don't think... Jay, thank you for the phone call. I don't think that at 18 years old, and I've got a daughter who's 18, Ava. She's brilliant. Brilliant. She's responsible, on her way to college... There's no way in a million years she should own a gun. Listen, I'm not sure 21 is mature enough. I don't know where they come up with these random ages to drink, to drive, to own a gun. But I can tell you, my daughter, who's smarter than most kids out there, should not own a gun at 18 years old. So I have no issue with changing it from 18 to 21. No issue with that at all. Let's go to Paul in Wayne, New Jersey, online one. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I, I, I enjoy your show. Thank I you. I enjoy you guys. Thank you. But we... But you're a recent convert, right? Uh, well, not recent. I mean, I, I voted for Trump uh, in 2000. Okay, I, I became a convert in 2017, to be honest. Recently, though. Okay. No, the last, the last five years, 15, yes. Right? yes. Okay, so I don't care what this guy is. I don't care who he is, where he came from, his background. I don't care if he's rich, poor, black, white. I don't care who he is. He's wrong. He's wrong. Just because he's an actor doesn't mean he has a greater voice than anybody else. Why'd they put him up there? Because he's who from cares? that town. Paul, I don't think anybody... There's a lot of people from that town. Okay, but he he is famous, Paul. Thank you for the call. I mean, guys, guys, get over it. You got to get over it. There is something to be said about fame in this country. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's not just every other guy. I'm sorry. He is famous. He's won an Academy Award. He is a sex symbol. Women love him. Quite frankly, men love him. And he's from that town. So don't ask, why is he there? It's a small little town. What are the odds... What are the odds this small little town in Texas, which I guarantee you all of you who are calling me right now never heard of two weeks ago? I guarantee you that. What are the odds one of the most popular actors in the world is from there? Slim. So don't ask why is he talking about it. He's from that town. He's passed by that school a million times. So if you didn't like his speech because you thought he double-talked, that's one thing. But don't act like he's just like every other guy and he's not any better because he is. That's the way we are in this society today. Whether you're Kim Kardashian or or Matthew McConaughey or Donald Trump, once you hit a certain level of fame, people want to see and hear from you. That's the way it goes. Here is uh, Tony in Elizabeth, New Jersey, on line five. Good morning, Tony. Hey, good morning, Sid. Big fan. Uh, Thank you. I'm really praying for uh, Bernard to get well soon. 
Um, you guys are champs of New York. That's all I got to say. And Thank you. another thing with, uh, with uh, McConaughey, I agree. Listen, I don't have nothing against him. He's a good-looking guy, great actor. I mean, you know, Academy Award winner, Magic Mike, whatever, you, you know. But one thing I got to tell you is that I agree 50-50. He used that opportunity. Okay, he's from that town. I feel the pain. I understand completely. It was horrible. Uh, but there were moments that I believe that he was acting, took advantage of the podium, presented himself and the way how he pronounced words like, you know, values and different ways. Like he was reading off a script. Yeah. But, it sounded well, he, like but he does talk like that. I know. Listen, Tony, I know what you're saying. Thank you for the call. He does talk that way. First of all, he does pronounce words like that. Even if he's at home watching a uh, Texas Longhorn football game, he's a big Texas fan. But uh, look, do I think at times maybe he mugged for the camera? Maybe he is an actor. Uh, and maybe Greg Kelly and Lynn are right. Maybe this is all about starting a political run somewhere down the road in the state of Texas. That may all be true. That may all be true. But I don't think it takes away from what he said, which was he was one of the very few people, very few, maybe outside of Sid and Bernie, who actually said stuff that appealed to both sides. I don't know how you can argue that. Now, you may think he was acting. You may think he's full of of crap. But he really did say stuff that made sense. Don't infringe on our Second Amendment rights. But, 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 we got to change some things here. And I don't know what's wrong with that. I mean, listen, maybe I'm just a starstruck guy myself. I'm an actor, too. Nowhere near, nowhere near Matthew McConaughey. But I certainly respect what he does. Here's Johnny in Norwalk, Connecticut, on line six. Good morning, Johnny. Hey, Sid, how are you? Hey, buddy. Um, yeah, yeah, listen, um, I'm far better looking than him and uh, more <laughs> articulate. Um, it's just that I made a conscious decision not to be rich and famous. Nonetheless. I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm working at it. Hey, Sid, look, I, 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 um, I can appreciate the guy, and, and you're right, it was, it was balanced. I think the thing that's nauseating to me, though, is that why he deserves to get up in front of Congress and make this pitch. I mean, to be honest with you, if you really, I, I would have. Well, let me ask you this, Johnny. Who, who, let me ask you this. Who would you rather hear from? Who would you rather hear from? To be honest with you, someone yeah. who actually lives in Uvalde, not someone who was born there. Well, he doesn't live there anymore, okay. but he was he, he was well, born I, there. I, I yeah. yeah, I understand, but it just it, it did it did have a tinge of political opportunism, which you know again all these these polit- all these these aspiring politicians do that. I get but it. We, but and we I'm don't know. But we don't. Didn't we make sense, we but, don't know yet if he's really an aspiring politician. Thank you for the call. By the way, he was in the press room. He did not make that speech in front of Congress. Uh, but I get your point anyway. And we don't know yet for sure if he's an aspiring politician. If he does decide to run, then Johnny, you could all come back, and Greg and Lynn can pat themselves on the back and say, "See, I told you so." And you may be right. I just don't see what was wrong with the speech. I have no issue with somebody of that fame who's from that town actually getting up there and speaking about something that has ripped apart most of the hearts in our nation. And I'm sick of hearing from the politicians. And, you know, quite frankly, what, I'm going to listen to one of the parents? I can't stand that. I don't like to watch it. We'll take a one more phone call. Let's go to uh, Mark on Staten Island Online 5. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Uh, we have to look at who's presenting this actor. His speech was okay, but the Biden administration is trying to do what they call triangulation. We're not so bad. It's the NRA. They're extremists. 
That's the message. Behind well, I agree it. with that. That that is Biden's message, but that was nowhere okay. near Matthew McConaughey's message yesterday. So again, guys, guys, I'm asking you specifically about McConaughey's speech. Not Biden. We know he's no good. He's a louse. Not the Democrats. We know they want to take all of your guns away. We got all that. I'm asking you specifically about that speech, and there was nothing in that speech yesterday that talked about taking away your guns. In fact, in fact, he talked time and time again about protecting your Second Amendment rights. Steve, Staten Island, line eight. I lied. One more. Steve, what's going on? Okay, I agree with most of what you're saying. I agree with most of what he said. I know pretty much from the industry myself that McConaughey leans slightly conservative. He had to straddle the line yesterday to try to be in the middle because he doesn't want to ruin his career. But he also went on Fox uh, News right after that. And I really believe that he was sincere. But you're right. He did come from the town. And I, too, would not want my 18-year-old to have a gun. And you're right. We, we have to do something at this point. But for the most part, I agree with what he said. And I think it was sincere. All right, there you have it, Steve on Staten Island, 1-800-848-WABC. Very nice job there by the Bernie and Sid listening audience. We say all the time, we've got the smartest audience of any radio show. I really believe that's the case. I really do. You know, I worked at WFAN, other stations around the country. All those phone calls were the best. Hey, Sid, do you think if we trade Joe McEwing and, um, I don't know, Butch Husky to Arizona, could we get Randy Johnson? And I'd be like, sir, what kind of ridiculous... What kind of ridiculous, and it was call after call after call. It wasn't one, an hour, it was like 20. At least you guys come to the table with strong opinions and facts, and I'm glad we had the chance to speak. The lines are all still lit, every single one. I do want to get to to all of you at some point today. We'll go back to the phones, I promise. But we do have Naomi Rosenberg, Peter King, Janae Butler, Beat Sid, and Lydia Reports, all still to come your way on this Wednesday edition of the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City, we are Bernie and Sid. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. My mother's coming up in about eight minutes. Tomorrow's my father's birthday. So uh, Luke Magrano left for the greener pastures of ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut. He was great when he was here. And, uh, I, I, you know, he still annoys me, texts me during Ranger games. and you know. But he's such a cute kid. He's very talented. <laughs> you gotta he's get annoying. Past he's that. a stupid guy. He's not annoying. He's it's a, it's annoying. He loves you. Shut up. I know, but don't text me during the game. That's all I'm asking. I, I ask every time, and you guys still do it. Anyway, but I do miss him, and, you know, he's fat, but he's cute. Uh, Phil, what's your last name? Dimitrovsky. Say that again? Dimitrovsky. All right. So you're Polish, right? Half Polish, yeah. Okay. Half, half Polish, half German? Macedonian. Macedonian, that's right. And you've taken Luke Legrano's place, and I must say you are doing a great job. Thank you. You're yeah. late sometimes because I think you smoke weed at some parking lot somewhere, like you know, by the United Nations or something. But, but you're great when you're here. You're great. Thank you, thank you. And you made a terrific point. I said, what are the odds you're going to find an Academy Award winner from a town like that? And that's why he spoke yesterday, and I'm okay with it. And uh, you really brought that point home with me during the break by saying what? 
There's only 16,000 people who live in Uvalde. It's like, it's not even like, you know, one of those towns, it's like 60,000, 80,000, 16, one six thousand. So you do realize that on any given night at Madison Square Garden, during a home Nick or Ranger game, there will be more people in Madison Square Garden than that whole town. And they, the Knicks can't even make the playoffs either. Right, and they still get 18,000. Exactly. So when you ask town. why Matthew McConaughey, of all people, is speaking about it in a town that has less people than a full Madison Square Garden, this Academy Award winner, for the most part, is liked by both parties, is from there. There's your answer. Anyway, we got a load of great guests about to stop by. The great Congressman Peter King, he's going to be here. Lydia Serrani, Janae Butler, and my mom, Naomi. Look out. She'll be coming up next. Hour three of Bernie and Sid. But after Deb Valentine with the news. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. I see trees of green. Red roses too. I see them blue. For me and you. And I think to myself. What a wonderful world. The great Louis Armstrong. What a wonderful world. This song goes out to my dad, whose birthday is tomorrow. And uh, Big Harv there used to sing this song at every event. He used to sing Hello, Dolly. And then he switched from uh, Scotch to Vodka. And then he switched from Hello, Dolly to It's a Wonderful World. He was so good, my father. Man, he sang this song. You thought Louis Armstrong was in the same room. And uh, anyway, with that said, uh, coming on the show now is my mom, who recently celebrated an anniversary with my father back on May the 19th. She is Naomi. She has become a cult hero. I get a lot of feedback when I bring guests on this show, whether it's me solo or me and Bernard. Nobody, and I mean nobody, gets the love that my mother gets. So here she is, and I love her to pieces, the great Naomi Rosenberg. Good morning, Mom. How are you? Good morning, Sydney Ferris. How are you today? I'm doing good. Beautiful sunny day. Good. I'm doing good. You're you're up. You're calling me from uh, Albert's phone. Albert and Ray Sherry's house upstate. Yes. No, I'm not. I'm calling you from my phone. It's a new phone. My phone died finally. It was an old phone. It was an antique, and I didn't. I didn't allow myself. But finally, they said, "You know what, Mom? You better get a new one because if this dies again, we're not going to fix it." Well, what kind of phone is it? Is it an iPhone? You are in our. Is it an iPhone? I don't know what the heck it is. You know I'm not savvy about this junk. You know that. I'm savvy about what's going on with gas prices, $4.95. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And they say that the problem is that that it's like inflation is being globally challenged. Are you kidding me? This creature in the White House, what he's done to this country, is it's unimaginable. It's just unimaginable. I am besides myself. I mean, people cannot afford to heat their homes. Hundreds of thousands of dollars monthly to heat. I mean, I, we live, you know where the home is here, up in the Catskill region. You know what it is to heat these kind of homes Wolf. up here? Yeah. 
I mean, it is, it is, it's unconscionable. It's unforgiving the amount that it costs to heat these homes up here when it's minus 10 degrees or minus two or two degrees. I mean, it's, it's horrendous. It's just, and now this, this vice president, this Harris, this idiot, $1.9 billion she wants to invest in Central America. You moron, what's going on here in Mom, America? What nice. the hell are you worried about, Central America? I mean, yeah. you can't make this up, Ferris. You can't make this up. I agree. By, by the way, uh, Albert, uh, my, my brother-in-law, who I love dearly, your son-in-law, he's such a great, great guy. You do have an iPhone, Mom. You've got the iPhone 13 in red, according to Albert. So congratulations. Oh, see, yeah. he's filling you in because yes. I, I don't yeah. have to focus no, on this. Of course I'm not. focused on secret flights coming into Westchester and now upstate New York that this creature in the White House is allowing this to go on because he wants hundreds of millions of people coming into our country when we can't feed our own people. I am besides myself. You asked me would I watch that Democrat nonsense. I can't even listen to them anymore. They, they are just they're, I don't know what they are. They're not human. I tell you that they're subhuman, every single one of them. Yeah. They got the creature in the White House, and he's and they're following him, and they're no better. I don't know what we're going to do, Sydney. I don't know what we're going to do with this country anymore. I just don't know. Well, what we're going to do, what we're going to do before we get to China is, uh, and and it's all going to be good. Uh, 2022, the Republicans are going to win back the House and the Senate, Mom. And then in 2024, your boyfriend Donald Trump is going to become president again. I live in a neighborhood, by the way, Mom, where every house has an American flag, firefighters and cops and first responders. We don't even let Democrats into the neighborhood. So there is hope for this country. You just got to hold on just a little longer, and you'll see, Mom, that uh, things going to be okay again. I promise. Well, I hope so. I mean, you're a smart young man, and I believe what you say, but I'm still very nervous. This, this creature now in the White House, He's going to go on Jimmy Kimmel this week to laugh it up. Yeah. He's going to go. The president of the United States of America is going to go on TV with this other other moron <laughs> to laugh it up when we're all struggling to pay bills. I mean, you can't make this up. Ma, did you watch uh, Matthew McConaughey yesterday? Yes, I did. What do you think about him? What do you think? Well, I think that his presentation was who he is. He's an actor. He knows how to speak. He did very well acting. Um, I think that he was, I think genuinely he cared about what happened and what's happening there. The fact that he was born there, um, it is his country, he feels. But I just think that's not relative to what's happened here now with all these beautiful. No, I don't think that. I think that he wants to speak about the fact he was born there and he cares about what's going on there. But I think he was a little too gushy about the fact that, you know, it's his place. He doesn't live there. He hasn't lived there. He's a Hollywood star. And 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 I'm I'm not discrediting what he said, but I don't 100 percent agree with everything that he said he feels. Okay, I I think. I fair. feel a little bit more judgmental about okay. it. Okay. No, that that's I very feel. fair. Very, very fair. Uh, Ma, what are your thoughts on our current mayor? I know that you listen to this show every day, and I, you know how oh I feel. Oh, my God. Did uh, you- 
<laughs> Did you see his rating today? <laughs> yes, it's not very good. <laughs> I mean, he's in the dump of Sydney. He is in the dump of this. What What has he done? What, tell me, has he done with the crime in New York well, City? Well, I, I will say one thing, not to give him credit, because I think he's a putz. You know that, Ma. I think he's the worst. But he has taken thousands of guns off the streets and... Shootings are down. Now, crime is not down, but shootings are down. But to your point, I think he's awful, too. Awful. But, I mean, there was a man stabbed, stabbed in the yes. subway. It wasn't with uh, a gun. It right. was with a knife. Right. Uh, women were raped. There was a woman raped in, in the Bronx. I mean, he's, you know, he's in charge of the five boroughs. He's got what to say. I don't think he's done anything to really prove himself, as far as I'm concerned. Thank the good Lord, I don't live in New York City, so, you know, I can, I can, you know, talk freely about it. But at the same time, I don't think he's really proven himself. You know, I you don't, don't live think- in New York City now, Mom. You live, of course, in upstate New York, but I spent a lot of years uh, with you and yes. Daddy and Lizzie and Ray Sherry and Alana on East 22nd Street and Quentin Road. Uh, you and my sisters went to Madison High School. Lizzie went to Midwood. So we were Brooklyn people for our whole lives. I'm going to ask you this, talking about Matthew McConaughey, Mom, and uh, and, and Texas. Um, with all that, that was going on when we were children, you know, I was born in 1967. Lizzie was born in 1969. It was turbulent, but we were little, little babies. Was there ever a time, ever a time, where you and or Daddy dropped us off at school and you were worried we weren't going to come home because we were going to get shot? Never, 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 never. And that's that's another point that I wanted to bring up, the fact that you cannot walk the streets. I mean, Ray Sherry took the train this week. For some reason, she had to go help Jennifer or something. I was frantic. Thank God I didn't know before she got on. She told me when she was done with the, with the train Mind, ride. You know what? I take the train every day. I'm just saying this just in case you want, you know. You know. Well, it it makes me very nervous (laughs) because it doesn't have to be a gun. It really doesn't have to be. They're they're, they're stabbing people. They're beating up on people. I mean, they don't need an excuse. You've got to will these people. They don't want to keep them in jail, Sydney. They don't want to keep these animals in jail. That's the bottom line to this whole thing. You have no, no, no. There's no excuse for all of this going on now. Yeah. But except look at the ratings that the mayor has now. He's he's New York City now. He represents New York City. Right. And then we need and, the, the people in Albany, mommy, the governor and everybody else to kind of help with things. And I think, you know, that um, I've been getting very close with all these candidates. In fact, Andrew Giuliani is uh, coming over Saturday to hang out with me and Danielle. I've gotten messages from Harry Wilson and Rob Astorino to have uh, dinner as well. So you want to come over Saturday, hang out with me, Danielle and Andrew? Listen, let me tell you something, Sydney. I, I, you know, I, I don't disagree about these other candidates that are running, but I have to tell you the truth that, I mean, if he's anything like his father, Giuliani, he would be a wonderful person to have. I'm not saying I'm voting for who I'm still who I'm voting for, but yeah. but I'm just citing a, a, a point that if he's anything like his father was, the city will turn around and be a wonderful place to live again, which is a, it is not now. It's not now. Now you but live upstate. Up, one other thing, I just yeah. have to bring this up. Sure, one yeah. other thing before You're you shut me off. No, I'm not going to shut you off. Senator Stabnow or Stabnow, however the hell you want to pronounce her name, this liberal. This liberal senator stab now that owns her beautiful uh, electric car that she drove from Michigan 
to her destination, and she passed all these gas stations with all these high prices, and she felt so wonderful in her electric $60,000 car. You beast. Who can afford <laughs> to spend $60,000 on an electric car when people don't have money to put their food on the table? They can't even fill up their car. But they no. did have a gas guzzler car. They they can't. There's no money for that. Yeah. But she drives around in her sixty thousand dollar electric car. Mm-hmm. I'd like to take these people. I tell you the truth. I don't want to say Mom, it on you, the you, air. You, you, don't say it. You know it's funny because you know you live upstate, and uh, we've been going up there since I'm a little boy. Whether it's bungalow colonies, SGS, Cappies, Landsman's, Ideal. Then you and Daddy bought this beautiful house in White Lake Homes. And uh, they're, they're lovely people there, nearly 180 homes. Uh, we've grown up with these people. Lots of them are as close as family now. But a lot of them, including our very own immediate family, are liberals. So when you come on this show, like you've been doing that for the better part of six months, and you just destroy all these liberals, and you go to the pool with all these yentas, don't they yell at you? But ask me how much I care. <laughs> ask me how much I care what their opinions are. Any one of them. Anyone. I am my own person. I am my own human being, my own person. I'm allowed my own opinion, and I stress it all the time. I make no bones about who I am. I am a diehard Republican, whether they like it or not. And Trump is my man in my window. You come by He's my what? house, there's a big sign that says Trump oh, Pence. I thought you meant he was in the window, for real. I don't, oh, yes, you, so you put the sign back on the lawn? It's right in my window. You can't. Oh, miss I it. know, but it's small. No, no, my, you got to buy like a really big sign to really piss off uh, your daughter and uh, the rest of the folks. Like, like a really big sign, you know. Put on the lawn and listen to me. They stop. Yeah. Everybody stops in front of the house. First of all, you wouldn't recognize your house if you came up here. Now, there's not a tree left on the lawn. Why? I took down six trees. Why? All you see. Is the house yeah. and the sign now? Okay. Why? Because I was inundated with carpenter ants from these rotted trees that were hundreds of years Son old, of a bitch. and I couldn't take it anymore. It's a Democrat. They plant those trees. I'm telling you, Mom. It's a damn Democrats again. That's right. That's yeah. who it is. It's the Democrats <laughs> planted these trees and brought the bugs. Oh, we're coming up July Fourth. Uh, the, the White House. Now yeah. I had them here. Yeah. We're going to come up the week of July 4th, as we always do every year, and celebrate with you. Now, uh, on one, I, uh, I just have to bring this up once, because we've had a, a good 16 minutes without crying and all that stuff. But tomorrow is Daddy's oh, birthday. Please. So what, what oh, are you, you going to do tomorrow on his birthday? What do you do for Daddy? What do you, what do, you do? I can't. I, I can't do anything, Sydney. I'm suffering to this minute, to this day. I know what everybody says. You've got to move on. But it was it's it was my my love, the love of my life. You know how much I adored him. If you, oh, it was a love hate relationship. You fo- listen. You don't fight with your with your spouse. Me? I'm not talking you. <laughs> I mean, people have disagreements. Thank God we're normal. We have this. But he was the love of my life, Sydney. He could. This man, you know how special your father was. Oh, and yeah. not to belabor this on the air. This is not the the, uh, the time or place for this. But he was a special person. You know that. He was a good person. He was a good man. He had a heart of gold. Everybody loved him. Let me tell you something. Harvey Rosenberg, everybody loved him, whether it was here. And they all knew who he was. They all knew that he wasn't a Democrat, but people loved him for who he was. 
He was a special human being. And thank God, because you got a lot of him in you. You are also very special, my son. So with that said, I want you to try to get through the day as I will tomorrow. And I'll do nothing. I'll just think about him every minute, all day long. Yeah. No, I miss him. I miss him a lot. But uh, you're a special person, too. And I love you. And you're always great on this show. You You did a great job. I love you. you. I love you, Sydney, and I want you to be special and kiss my Danielle and my two children there for me, my Avery and Gabriel. And we'll talk again, God willing. Okay? I love you. Daddy and your thoughts, and we'll talk real soon. I love you, son. God watch you. All right. Back into this. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Sid, why are you trying to make me cry in the morning? You I know was what? all like in a chipper, happy <laughs> mood. And then I hear your your beautiful mother and I find I realize why yeah. you are the way you are, because she has such a strong faith in God. So you have always had God looking over you out of all the trials and tribulations you've been through. And you still have that gorgeous wife, your beautiful kids, successful career. It's because of God and, and your mother. I mean, it's and your parents. I mean, the love, it's it's beautiful. Listen, I, I always say that. And, and look, I, because I'm a bit of a jerk, I always, why are you still so successful? I talk about talent. If you've got talent, they're going to find ways to keep you working. But truth be told, it's what you just said. Time and time again, Lydia, whether I was in rehab, jail, hospitals, whether it was my mom, Naomi, my father, Harvey, my beautiful wife, Danielle, you're right. There was always, there's always been somebody there for me. And there's no question as to why that's the case that I've been able to to stay resilient. And uh, now, now having the most success I've ever had. I wish my father was here to see it, but thank you for saying that. And look, you're a great mom too. You've got a little girl, you're a great mom. So you could appreciate where my mother is coming from. Absolutely. God sees everything. The truth always comes out. And I feel like when you try to force things, that's when things go wrong and you just kind of let things play out. But and look at you now, you're doing a service. That's what I feel like we're doing on WABC. We're getting the truth out. We're informing people. Of course, we're being entertaining, too, when we're talking about flicking balls and stuff like that. (laughs) But at the end of the day, we're trying to get people aware of what's really going on. I never received so many messages as I got yesterday about that conversation is a woman bisexual. And then uh, (laughs) a friend said to me, no, you should have said to him, they're trisexual because they'll try anything or women are either they're they're bi, either polar or sexual. Oh, that's funny. Both. Both are very funny. And listen, I got a lot of messages too, because and I, and, I, and I talk about this all the time with folks in management. Yes, we want to get the truth out. There's no question about it, right? And we discuss all these serious topics. But me, for example, I'm a very sarcastic guy. So I scare John, Chad, these people sometimes because they think I'm going to do something which I would never do in a million years. And for me, most important is entertaining. So if you and I start discussing bisexual girls, that is <laughs> going to get people all serious. It's going to get, I can't change the channel. I can't change the channel, and that is our job. Our job is to get ratings and to have advertisers spend money above and beyond everything else. And I got to tell you, you're very good at that. And making people's commute go faster. I love it when people message me and they're like, I spit out my coffee. I didn't know what you were going to say next. And right. you're so right. I used to flick my brothers and this and that. And, you you know, I love what you guys do because that's what we do. We try to mix it up. And when we have fun. Everybody has fun. That's right. 
and this world is filled with so much misery. It's like, okay, we're going to inform you. We're going to let you know what's going on, but you know what? We're going to be happy about it because thank God we're alive after my illness. COVID really knocked me on my butt. And I I know it sounds corny, but at one point I'm lying in bed and I got really emotional because I said, my God, thank God I'm home. Thank God I have the medications and all this stuff. But what about the people that were in the nursing homes by themselves or in the hospitals and they didn't know if their last, their next breath would be their last. By the way, by the way, that that was my father. My father, I, I saw my father in November, Thanksgiving at my sister Alana's house, actually my niece Tamara. And then he got sick. And then because COVID was going on and this mother effer, Andrew Cuomo, had all these ridiculous rules, uh, the last six months of my father's life, we were reduced to FaceTime. He FaceTimed me literally the night before he died. And and I remember saying to him, I said, Dad, I said, Dad, if you're tired, it's okay. Basically, you can go. And he said, I'm tired. And I said, did you eat? And he said, a little. He looked terrible. I knew it was over anyway, but that's what I was reduced to the last six months of his life. FaceTime. It was just horrendous. I, I can't even imagine. So my dad, I'll tell this story real quick before we got to get to the news. I, my dad went into the hospital. He had fallen down and he was feeling really sick. He caught COVID while he was in the hospital and then we couldn't see him anymore. So I'm going to tell this story. I snuck into the hospital. Right. This is what I did. I evaded security. My sister's like, oh, of course, only you. I I got a badge. I, I went the back way into the hospital. I know I'm a little crazy. And I was on the COVID floor. I'm not going to say what hospital because I'm, I'm very. So I snuck in there. I went in. I saw him. It was like a jail cell. I started like crying, looking at my dad. I can't mm. believe this. The nurse came and found me and she was like, you must be the daughter because I kept <laughs> calling. And I told my mom, we're getting him out. So my dad still had COVID and we took him out because, and I, I, we just got a nurse. I mean, cause I said, I can't allow, I can't, I, we heard the stories. I heard your story about your dad. I remember hearing it. We had people call us in during this, you know, during the pandemic, we worked throughout the whole thing. And I said, I will not allow my father to die alone. And my dad doesn't even know how to use FaceTime or any of that. And so we took him out of there with COVID sick, literally the ambulance drivers, they carried him up the stairs into the bed, but he's doing a million times better. My mother is a saint. And here we are. He's still alive. Good. But so God. many families don't have those no. resources. No, no, no. So the, to the news, you know, that story I told you about the guy that threw uh, the woman onto the train tracks. Yes. They arrested him. They arrested him. Guess where they arrested him? Back at the same subway station, the guy has a history of arrest. He's been arrested dozens and dozens of time. Mayor Adams now, because of that poll that came out, where less than a third of New Yorkers think that he's doing a good job, is now headed to Washington, D.C. today to speak before Congress on gun violence. My question to you, Sid, and maybe to our audience, he needs to go in front of Cousin's house, Andrew Stewart Cousin's house, and Carl Hasty. Name and shame and go to them. He don't need to go to D.C. He don't need to go to Congress. He needs to go to their house and say, I want to fix the bail reform law. I want the people that are dangerous to be put behind bars oh because people deserve oh to be safe. Uh-oh. It is clear by what you just said, Lydia, that me and Bernie are rubbing off on you in a big way because not that long ago, a lot of folks at this station were saying things like, oh, come on, give him more time, give him a chance. And we would say, no, if he can't change legislature, he doesn't have the power, at least go out and name and shame 
And that's exactly what you just said, and you're exactly right. Forget about D.C., forget about federal, keep it here to this state, to this city, and if you can't change it, act like you're really pissed off and not wear a fancy suit and talk a bunch of gibberish, which never comes to fruition. And did you hear a girl, a 15-year-old girl, was sitting in her home having dinner with her parents in St. Albans, Queens? You know, that's a nice area. She was hit by a stray bullet. I mean, this is how many kids have to be shot and killed. You had the 11-month-old that got shot in the face in the Bronx and people getting flung onto subway tracks. So Mm. Well, let me ask you this. There's 60 seconds to go because you're not only very smart when it comes to politics, but you're like me. You're into pop culture, entertainment. You could easily, easily be your reporter on on et or extra any one of those shows <laughs> what uh, what do you think of matthew mcconaughey's speech matthew mcconaughey's speech was impassioned it was heartfelt and i got a quick little story for you i i, I danced with matthew mcconaughey oh i was at the chateau marmont when i was in my early 20s i went to the grammys i was working at cbs news we went to a party at the chateau marmont and matthew mcconaughey came and danced with me wow so we were yes well you know we how danced. radio works when, when you go on with a big time radio host and i'm not saying i am but i am and you say i danced with matthew mcconaughey by the end of the day you guys had sex in like 10 different places that's how radio no. works <laughs> oh, no, well, I'll tell you what happened. So we're dancing. He's like, hey, why don't you guys, you and your friend Carol, why don't you guys come up to my room upstairs? <laughs> and and I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I'm 22 years old. Hold on, hold on, I'm hold on. Is that, is that Matthew McConaughey's wife on the phone? Let me pick that up. Oh, oh, Camilla. No, this is before he met <laughs> oh, her, whatever. Oh, before Camilla, okay. So I tell Kara, I go to Kara, I'm like, oh, my God, Matthew McConaughey. And I remember his agent, this and that or whatever. And I, I, was, I drank a little too much and I got sick. So that was the end of the night. Oh. My friend Kara had to take me home. But I'm a nice girl. I, you don't give away the goodies. I'm not going to be anybody's free hooker. Okay. What? That's what these superstars want. You're talking want. about it. It's Matthew I'm, McConaughey. No, 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 no. I'm oh, not going to be it. anybody's free hooker. Oh, That's what you essentially are. These girls that have sex with the famous guys, all you yeah. are basically is a free hooker. So what? Not. He's a famous uh, people. No. Then what's the point? Oh, I, Matthew McConaughey has yes. sex with me. I'm a hook. Uh, no, that's stupid. I so I dance with him, and I'll finish this. Story Let me just so say this. I got, I got two words for you, Lydia. Missed opportunity. I know, right? That's what Jacqueline Carl said to me. <laughs> the next day, I see page six, and guess what page six says? Matthew McConaughey seen canoodling with a dark-haired beauty at wow. the Chateau Marmont. Wow. I, w- I unidentified dark-haired beauty. That is me. And that's my story with Matthew McConaughey. Well, you better shove that story all in your right, husband's right. face. Anytime your husband says or does something you don't like, say, just remember, big guy, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey wanted to bang me at the Chateau Marmont, <laughs> whatever the hell it's called. Anyway, that is a great report. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's a great report. Thank you. That's, that'll be on my tombstone. Identify dark-haired beauty. Matthew McConaughey wanted to bang me once. <laughs> And that is your Lydia report. Cats at night, five o'clock. You don't want to miss it. We always have a great time. We tell it like it is. We break news like no other show does. In that one hour, John Katzmatidi somehow manages to get every single story that matters to New Yorkers, to Americans, and we stand for truth, justice, and the American way. Cats at night. That is a heck of a report, Lydia. Thank you. That's a great report. Lydia Serrani, Lydia reports. Again, check her out at five with the great John Katsimatidis and his terrific show, Cats at Night. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Duran here at uh, 842 on your Wednesday morning. I've got a million, I'm not exaggerating, a million messages after my mom, my mom hung up. And um, I got a bunch of text messages, a ton, a bunch of direct messages on Instagram. By the way, you could find me there at Rosenberg.Sydney. At Rosenberg.Sydney, the show is at its Bernie and Sid and the station at 77 WABC Radio. But I've got a ton of messages on Twitter at Sid Rosenberg. And I promise you, I say this all the time, I read every one of them, even the nasty ones. There are people like, oh, F. Sid, he's just self-promoting. You believe this? My mother's on the phone crying about my dead father. And you got a-holes on, uh, just leave it, on Facebook yelling and screaming that all Sid does is promote himself, even with his dead father. I mean, these are the bastards that live amongst us. But uh, that's fine, because 99.99% are heartwarming, beautiful messages. I read every one, and if I don't get back to you, it's not because I just, I just ran out of time. That's it. So, But I read every one, and thank you very much. My next guest, I had the fortunate opportunity of sharing a stage with him. Man, he gave such a great speech at the Bell Harbor Yacht Club for uh, Paul King, who's running for uh, Congress in Bell Harbor last week. It was such an amazing speech that um, it's one of the best I've ever seen. But it's no surprise, for the better part of four decades, he distinguished himself as one of the great politicians in the history of New York. He's on this time every Wednesday, our dear friend Peter King. Pete, that really was a great speech last week, and Bell Harbor loves you. Hey, Sid, thanks a lot. Hey, you were pretty good yourself. They loved you, I tell you. It was really a, it was a great night for Paul King. I'm going to do all I can for them. And the people down there at Bell Harbor, they're great people. I tell you, that is that is real America. But I have one thing I do have to complain about. I can't stand being on the same show as your mother. How can I follow up? She is like the greatest talent on radio. And whatever I say, I sound like a jerk coming on after. You know. I mean, she is so good. You know, it's wow. That is She's not true. You don't sound like a jerk. But it is funny because I think the last time I did a solo show, like a month ago, you also came on right after my mom, right? Yeah, and nobody listens to me. They're so enraptured by what your mother said. I tell you, no, she is great. Boy, yeah, you're a lucky guy. You really are. Oh, thank you, thank you. And she does basically agree with you, me, Bernie, and my listeners, our listeners, on, on just about everything. But here's where I disagree with my mom. I actually thought Matthew McConaughey was pretty good yesterday. She, like a lot of my callers, said, eh, he's fine, he's an actor, blah, blah, blah. What was your opinion on McConaughey's speech? You know, first of all, you know, Ronald Reagan was an actor, and Barry Goldwater used him in his campaign. That's a good Ray point. Become, right, and, 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 and by the way, and, and, and Donald Trump, I know he's a great businessman, but he was a dopey TV host on, on Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, that's what made him famous. I mean, you know, forget uh, uh, all he did as a real estate guy. What he really was, because, the, you know, The Apprentice, that's how people saw Donald Trump. So he was an actor who became president. No, I thought Matthew McConaughey was great yesterday. And to me, the actual details aren't that important. What he was saying is, basically, let's put everything on the table. Let's get done what we can get done. Don't stay in our own silos. Like, for instance, I'm one of those people who does think that uh, we should do away with AR-15s. Having said that, it's not going to happen. So let's see if we can get you know, a few more background checks. We can raise the age to 21. I mean, both sides have to realize that in the world we live in, you should try to get what you can, make progress, and not just go in our, in our silos and say all or nothing. It's really... Uh, so I, I thought what he did yesterday, to me, hopefully it's a wake-up call to the American people. Let me ask you about this dog and pony show we're about to watch tomorrow night. 
I know that uh, they've offered uh, us on this show a bunch of Republicans, folks like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan, a few others to come on and talk about what we're going to see, which is, of course, this first public hearing on January 6th, led by Nancy Pelosi. Now, I've said time and time again, Pete, I know you disagree that on any given night during the summer of 2020, what we saw in Chicago, in Atlanta, in New York, that was the real insurrection. You were burning down government buildings, shooting people, spitting on cops. It was fires. It was really dangerous, much more dangerous than that day. Yet, yet, we are continuing to talk about that day, including tomorrow night. What are your thoughts? Yeah, first of all, I think what happened on January 6th was terrible. Having said that, I agree with you that summer of 2020, if you want to talk about an insurrection, if you want to talk about disgraceful conduct, and it was night after night after night and city after city after city, and I didn't hear Joe Biden once come to the defense of the cops, and Kamala Harris is actually offering to post bail for those, those who are locked up. Here in New York, we had cops being hit with uh, bricks, um, amounts of cocktails thrown at them, and Andrew Cuomo saying he's proud to stand with the protesters. No, that was an absolute disgrace. I don't, I don't think those conservatives, which anybody trying to minimize January 6th, but in the perspective, to me, what happened in the summer of 2020, that sustained attack on American cities, on houses of worship, on city halls, on courthouses, all of that was an absolute disgrace. And the difference then was you had so many Democrats basically supporting it, saying, well, these are disturbances. These are protests. They weren't. That was out-and-out revolution. It was disgrace and should be condemned. I do think, though, we should not be defending what happened at all on January 6th. That was wrong. I think President Trump, I don't think he had anything to do with planning it or knowing it was going to happen, but he was, he was really too slow in condemning it that day. And, you know, it's not just me saying this now. You have people like Sean Hannity, his own daughter, Ivanka Trump, all of them urging well, listen, to speak out more quickly than he did. I've said it, too. I mean, I, I got in a fight with Bernie. We fought the days. I, I, I said it first right here. I also thought his response was very, very slow. And I do put part of the blame on President Trump that day, not for inciting the riot, because he did say walk peacefully, but certainly not helping things. I think he should be held accountable. But I'm sorry, Peter. It, what was so terrible? No, it wasn't like one person died, Ashley Babbitt. She was murdered, by the way, because she was there as a Republican. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, we're still talking about 18 months later, to me, all this has become is a vehicle to continue to badmouth Donald Trump. That's it. Oh, it is. No, it is a game. And uh, here's the deal. This, this committee is, is a farce. To me, I, I have no problem with appointing a bipartisan commission like we did after 9-11. So look into January 6th, look into the summer of 2020, look into how, how the Black Lives Matter movement and the Antifa were involved in that. That, to me, is all fair game. But this committee... Uh, the fact that they are subpoenaing people the way they are, throwing people like Peter Navarro in jail. I mean, this is an absolute <laughs> disgrace. And on that committee, I never heard in all the years I was in Congress, the Speaker of the House not allowing the minority party to appoint the members they wanted to be on a committee. Listen, I was chairman of the Homeland Security Committee. I had Democrats in that committee who opposed everything I did. It never entered my mind that I have the right to knock them off the committee. Or I can go to the Republican Speaker and say, I don't want this guy on the committee. To me, committee has been uh, distorted from the start. It lacks legitimacy. And uh, so to me, this is a show that's going on. It's going to be a totally one-sided show. And it is to get the people's mind off the terrible state this country is in because of Joe Biden's failure of leadership.
There it is. You could not say it any better. That was perfect. Congressman Peter King. That's why he's on every week and all day here on WABC. Uh, I started off the show. I'll be on tonight with John at 5 o'clock. Of course so you are. On Lydia and the judge, yeah. Damn right. Peter King, 5 o'clock as well. So I started the show about two and a half hours ago by saying I'm never going to get that hour back. And what I was referencing, Peter, was last night I decided to move off of the pregame show for the Rangers and spent the better part of 50 minutes watching CBS locally, Dubois, and Kramer and that uh, Democrat debate for governor with Kathy Hochul, Jamani Williams, and Tom Swazi. I watched just about the whole thing. Uh, the questions were brutal. They ended up by asking, what karaoke song do you like and do you believe in ghosts? They, they really spent a little bit of time on crime. That was it. Just as much time on marijuana, abortion, and other nonsense, cryptocurrency. I mean, it was just a complete dismal failure and none of the three in my opinion came out looking very good and Swazi and Williams in my opinion did not come out and bash Kathy Hochul enough even though Swazi did bring up a couple of times the deal with her husband and the Buffalo Bills Stadium so I'm not sure if you watched it but if you're a Democrat you cannot like what you saw last night no I did watch it I I thought Tom Swazi got the better of it but so do I but Tom is like way behind the polls right now and he should have gone for the knockout last night. You have to – it's not enough just to win. You have to win big. And because right now, Kathy Hochul is up by about 30, 35 points at least. She's got about $18, $19 million. Uh, so, to me, Tom should have gone after her. Look at it. I think he won. If they started out even, there's no doubt that he came out ahead. But when you're behind, you have to go for the knockout. You have to really throw, you know, throw the big punches. And Tom didn't do that. There's still time between now and the 28th because I'm, I'm uh, you know, supporting Lee Zeldin. That, that also could be a tight primary, and uh, so see where it goes. But no, I thought and that whole stuff at the end about you believe in ghosts, no, but I believe <laughs> in on. spirits, and go right. back and forth between ghosts and spirits. Right. That, that was the heated part of the debate, whether a ghost is a spirit or a spirit is a ghost. <laughs> You're right. I don't know. Yeah. Don't be and then karaoke, and okay, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, really, I, mean, CB, I know what CBS was trying to do. They're trying to show their personalities, of which the three of them combined don't have one. But uh, they failed in that attempt. And I agree, Swazi did win, even though we don't like Swazi on this show, because he double-talked us and lied to us and made us and made himself look silly in the press three days later. But for what it's worth, he did win that lousy debate last night. Now, I know you're endorsing Lee Zeldin. So have I from day one. But I'm starting to move on just a little bit and take a closer look at the other candidates. Are you set there? Could anything happen to change your mind? Are you Zeldin all the way right up until June 28th? No, I, first of all, I'm still supporting Lee. I continue to... Uh, to support him. I have nothing against Andrew Giuliani or against Rob Astorino. You know, and Harry Wilson, first of all, he sort of comes and goes. And the fact, again, I haven't gotten over the fact that he gave a donation to Bragg. Well, he, he did be, listen, he did explain that with me and Bernie. Yeah, and well, and he, you know, well, you don't buy it? Well, listen, I mean, uh, yeah, I, no, the answer is no. <laughs> Peter King, but it was before, it was before he knew they were friends. I guess he didn't buy it. All right, so you're a Zeldin guy uh, anyway, and that's uh, that's not going to change. How about the week that was here, Peter King, for Eric Adams? I mean, yes, he goes out there, and, and uh, the gun crimes are down. Shootings, I should say. They are taking guns off the street. But once again, another week where he, you know, he, he kind of ranked at the white journalist, and he hired this uh, ridiculous gun czar, whatever that is, who's got a record. What do you think about the week that was for Eric Adams? You know, first of all, you know, we have a police commissioner who's a very good police commissioner. We don't need a gun czar coming in. You don't need Al Sharpton giving advice. I mean, the fact is, let the cops do their job. And, I mean, you know, one day uh, Eric Adams said the right thing, and he seems to be going in the right direction. The next week he's talking about, you know, white racists and everything else. Right. He's got to stay focused. 
he right now, we should be at war with criminals. And when you're at war, there's no time for going for sidestepping or going in circles. You got to go straight ahead. You got to go after them. They're the enemy. You got all we should do is be going after them, not coming up with uh, you know, diversions and side topics and all that kind of stuff. And even this always talk about illegal guns. Yeah, there are. There are too many illegal guns. There's two million illegal guns in New York when Giuliani became mayor, and he still brought the crime rate way down. So did Ray Kelly, and so did Mike Bloomberg. I mean, you can't be complaining about what's going on. You try and work on that on the side. Right now, go after the bad guys. Let the cops do what they have to do, and don't be apologizing. And don't be talking about the bad old days of uh, you know, Giuliani and Bloomberg when those bad old days saved tens of thousands of black lives. Last one. Uh, yesterday, they did recall uh, Chesa Boudin in San Francisco, no longer the DA, very, very progressive, right. a lot like Alvin Bragg. So now they've got Gascon on the radar in Los Angeles. He may be next. This seems like the perfect opportunity for Hochul, who's been very cowardly here, to remove Bragg. Now, she won't do it because hey, she probably likes him. She likes his policies and she wants to remain steadfast with the Democrats. But if you're Alvin Bragg this morning, knowing Boudin was just kicked out in San Francisco, you starting to look behind yourself? Yeah, and I think he should be looking toward the November elections because I could see if Sheldon is elected, if Giuliani is elected, if Estorino is elected, I think on January 1st, Bragg is going to be gone. And I think that uh, he has to keep that in mind. And what he's done, he's, he's been an apologist for the criminals. From the first day he arrived, he's been saying all the things he's not going to do. The fact is his job is to enforce the law. I've spoken to former police commissioners where they said no matter how bad things got in New York, they knew the district attorneys were on their side. They knew that if a guy was locked up and there's a good case, the DA was going to prosecute it. Now we have DAs saying they won't. I remember during the, those terrible Black Lives Matter riots in the summer of 2020, you caught people vandalizing St. Patrick's Cathedral. Yep. And the DA, and they were on tape, they were arrested, yep. and the DA wouldn't charge them. I can imagine if you would vandalize a black church, what would happen to you? So this whole thing of you deciding which church you're going to support, which religion you're going to support, which laws you're going to enforce, that's not the job of the DA. The job is to enforce the law. Shut up and get their job done. Last uh, 60 seconds, uh, Peter. You're a great sports fan, enthusiastic, like me, like Bill O'Reilly, a host of others on the station. you have any uh, real opinion or not really on Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, all these legendary golfers basically leaving the PGA Tour to collect a ton of money, hundreds of millions of dollars from Saudi Arabia and play under their league? What do you think about that? No, yeah, they're taking blood money. I mean, these, that, that is a brutal dictatorship. They were involved in 9-11. They still haven't paid the victims of 9-11 or the families of the victims of 9-11. By the way, not only 9-11, which, of course, is their worst worst crime of all, but uh, poor Khashoggi just wanted a sandwich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I mean, they were, they're horrible. And uh, so to be taking blood money for them, and the only reason the Saudis are doing this tournament is to make themselves look normal in the eyes of the world. So, no. Uh, you know, Mickelson's wrong. You should stop gambling as much and just go back and play golf. Again, that, that's the United States. That's the answer. He should stop gambling so much. That's why he needs the money. And uh, that's basically why he did it. Dustin Johnson, I have no idea. Hey, uh, Peter, as always, a tremendous appearance. And, man, I love you. You're, you're great. You really are great. And thank you so much for okay, your let's friendship. Let's hope the Rangers turn it around, okay? Let's hope. Let's, uh, let's see you tomorrow night. Peter King, folks, on this show every Wednesday at 840. He'll be back with John Katz and Matides, Lydia, and the whole crew coming up at 5 o'clock. He is one great man. Great man. We are three hours in the books. Still more to come, including Janae Butler and Beat Sid. Keep it right here. Bernie and Sid on a Wednesday.
Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. here from my buddy John Tobacco. John's a nice guy. You know who he is? Uh, Staten Island. He's waiting for controller. Okay. And I'm waiting for the real name. No, that's his real name. He's <laughs> a uh, big shot on Staten Island. Friends with Frank Morano. Friends with the book with the uh, Staten Island Borough President, Vito Pacella. And a friend of me and Bernie for uh, years. And he hosts this show called Wise Guys on Newsmax. In fact, last week, he had Chaz Palminteri on. And Chaz made some very solid comments about gun laws and the shooting in Uvalde, and that's why I had Chaz on with me and Bernie when Bernie was here on Monday, based upon his performance on that Newsmax show with John Tobacco. Long story short, they're filming it today, this week's, at Sparks Steakhouse, and uh, they're going to discuss Matthew McConaughey's speech and gun laws, blah, 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 and uh, he invited me to uh, be a guest on the show, but uh, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know. I don't think so. But it's, it's, a, it's a great uh, invite, and I thank him very much. I'll let him know. Yeah, check the schedule. Yeah, I'll check the schedule. We'll see what Philip says. I got a lot going on. Yeah, we got yeah, a lot. A lot going on. I'm an actor now, you know. Somebody made that point, too, on Facebook. I swear to God. They go, Sid, you know, and, and he, he talks so much about himself. Uh, again, for the millionth time, what is a radio host supposed to do? If you want to listen to news, go watch Fox News. And we do plenty of that, Okay. Uh, The reason why people love me and other big-time radio personalities is because of our personal stories, not because we love Donald Trump and hate Joe Biden. We We got that already. And we'll give you all that stuff, all you want, all day long. But people love that stuff. So this person goes, you know, he brings on his mother, but uh, it's all about self-promotion. And there was my mom crying about my father's birthday tomorrow. And some other guy goes, and now he's calling himself an actor. Folks. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not a moron. I'm not Robert De Niro. I'm not Al Pacino. I'm not even Bo Deedle. But for what it's worth, I've got a role in an Amazon Prime series and three movies this year. Three. Three. One in London. I'll be shooting in October. One in Bayonne, New Jersey. I'll be shooting in September. And Gemini Lounge, which I just shot in Los Angeles. Excuse me, but most people that I know don't film three movies in one year. I never can, I can call myself... Uh, an Academy Award-winning actor, a big deal. I'm brand new with this. Brand new. I get it. But clearly, clearly, I'm starting something. Referred to himself as an actor. Shut up. 
Well, what's the matter? Why do people get so you, upset? You should be just laughing because <laughs> because if nobody heard anything, you wouldn't be getting any. Well, reaction. that's true. See, you're that's right. all. That's so you you're you, you won. I know, but I've been a radio junkie my whole life. Like I'm a junk. That's why I'm really good at this. To be honest, certain guys are on radio and they can espouse opinion and deliver information, but they're not great radio guys. I get all the nuances, all of them. I got it. Whether I'm interviewing, a, there's no better interviewer in this business than Howard, uh, Howard Stern. I'm second. That's it. I'll, I'll, and if it sounds dicky, I don't care. Howard won me too. Uh, callers, we have a pretty good relationship. Back and forth, conversations with Bernard, all those things. Okay, there's a lot of nuance in radio that makes it great. I've been listening to shows my whole life. I've never, ever felt compelled to message somebody, uh, I hate you, you suck. And there were guys I loved, and there were guys I thought were not very good, who made a lot of money. I never understood that, but I never felt compelled to wake up in the morning and deliver a message. Never. Right? I mean, you're, you're a radio guy your whole life, Lou. Ever feel like you, you had to tell somebody, I hate you, you suck? Ever? Once. After FAN started... That was it. I never wanted to call any. I never did anyway. Right. But they, after listening to the callers day after day I mean, after day, folks, there's right. a lot of uh, crazy opinions and anger. Right, just get They're a grip. Angry. Just angry. get a grip. There's <laughs> a reason. You listen to the show every day, right? So you love me. You hate me. Maybe you listen because you really like Bernie. I, I, don't, I don't care. doesn't matter to me. I'm just going to tell you this. And a lot of you folks may not want to hear. I'm going to be here forever. I have the longest contract of any talent at this station. I'm not going anywhere. Thank God. All right. <laughs> there are guys who are so, yelling about, when are they going to pay Aaron Judge? Right. When That's are they true. Gonna, what are the Yankees well, but thinking? They're, but they're right about that. By the way, Aaron Judge but right why, now should be the highest paid player in the history of the game. But why do you get so angry about I don't it? know. I don't, I, I don't get angry. I don't, angry. I don't get angry. I don't care. What is Sid talking about? Why is Sid talking about himself? <laughs> God damn it. Can't he talk about Trump again because we, we don't have enough about Eric Adams? or Why, why does Sid have to talk about his, his kids or his wife or Danielle? We don't care. No, you do care. They do care. That's why I get the big money. That's why this show gets great ratings. That's why. That's why, folks. So stop. You're embarrassing yourselves. And then you make me talk like this, and I sound like an idiot, to be honest. But I can't help it. Every once in a while, I'm human. I have to voice what I see. And my mother is on, crying about my father. They were married nearly 70 years. And you find a way to take a shot at me. You're just a complete jerk-off. That's all you are. If you don't like me, don't listen. All right? Bernie, Bernie is, it, it's not like Bernie is going to carry it all by himself. Okay? Or me, for that matter. Let's beat so, his ass. You're listening because you love the show. You don't like it, don't listen. That's all. Hey, um, my friend Anthony is checking in. <laughs> hey, Sid, you're making real progress. At least you didn't say yes, then not go. You're saying, I don't know, or maybe. He's right about that. Hey, uh, uh, Phil, this uh, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson. He was a big star in college at Clemson. He went on to uh, play for the Houston Texans. He's clearly one of the more talented, skillful quarterbacks in the National Football League. But he's got uh, all these issues, civil lawsuits up the wazoo from women claiming that he did everything from, I don't know, molestation to rape. Uh, what is the deal with Deshaun Watson? What's the latest there? I mean, the, the more details that surface about the story, the uglier it gets. I mean, at this point, we have reports that it's up to... 
him getting massages from 66 different women. In which, like 100 days. Yeah, in, in a 17-month period. Well, it was over 17 months in right, total. But right, right. The, the fact that it's 66 women is there's one common denominator there. I mean, it's clearly a him issue if he needs that many different no, massage that's therapists. What the, and, and a lot of these massages went awry where he actually masturbated, molested these women, did some things. We can't even read. We have all the all the documents here. We haven't. We can't even read this stuff because it's so nasty. So the question is, this guy got like $220 million guaranteed from the Cleveland Browns to replace Baker Mayfield, and your prediction is he's not going to take a snap this season, right? I I highly doubt we see Deshaun Watson play any football in the NFL this year. How does this guy – I understand he's a quarterback. He's got talent. I talk about talent all morning long, and he's black. I get all that. How does this guy – have all this information against them, all these lawsuits, and the Browns still pay him $250 million guaranteed? Really? And with a $45 million signing bonus, too. It's, it, everything was pointing last season. He didn't play at all because of the allegations were ongoing then. And still, the Browns decided to, to give him the most guaranteed money in NFL history here right. for this contract. Right. It's unreal that they decided to do I mean, I guess they were betting on themselves, and they traded a bunch of picks, too, to do it, which at Jeez. this point is irrelevant. But it's looking like one of the worst deals in NFL history. I mean, you believe this? There were guys on FAN, I'm not going to say who, well, I could, but that were saying the Jets have to do everything in their power, give up every, whatever to get they the have Sean to, Watson. to get the Sean Watson. Oh, oh I know. That was like I know. a year and a half There was ago. a Deshaun Watson sweepstakes going on in the NFL uh, last I, year. Don't forget, I do a show every week in Miami, and they drafted this kid, Tua, out of Alabama. They hate him. And the Dolphins, their fans, they wanted the I said. Wait a second. This guy's got like 90 rape cases against him. <laughs> I, think you know, hold on. I don't care. If he goes out there and goes 27 to 30 for 400 yards and three touchdowns, that's all I care about. They don't care. They don't care. They don't no. care. What is the uh, story, too, now, Phil, about the Denver Broncos owner? I think the Broncos were just sold for more money than any franchise in the history of American sport. Yeah, $4.65 billion by Rob Walton, who's the one of the heirs, one of the Walt, Walton siblings, the uh, the heirs of the... Walmart franchise. Oh, 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 so his family owns Walmart. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> yes. he's going to end up being, I mean, the second richest owner in sports behind Steve Ballmer. He's worth like $65 billion. And Steve Ballmer owns the Baltimore Ravens? The Clippers. Oh, the LA, the LA Clippers. Clippers. Okay. Well, there you have it. Excellent job, Phil. Look at Phil stepping up big to the plate. That's an Aaron Judge home run right there. Well, before we get to Janae Butler and Beat Sid, we may as well go back to some of the audio, which is pretty much outside of my mother and Peter King uh, being the uh, the theme of today's show. And that was Matthew McConaughey yesterday, hi, Janae, at the White House. Again, if you don't know, and if you're trying to figure out why Matthew McConaughey was speaking about Uvalde, it's because, believe it or not, in a town of just 16,000 people, less people than you can fit in Madison Square Garden for a Nickel Ranger game, McConaughey is from Uvalde, Texas. So he clearly took this a lot more personal than a lot of Americans. You know, I'm okay with that. You know, I remember, you know, 9-11, I was down in Miami. Uh, after 9-11, and I would do these 9-11 shows every year, and I know that a plane crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. I know people were killed at the Pentagon, and I know that people all across the country felt the pain. But I'm sorry. I I I kept making the point, if you were in New York, and I lived in Chelsea at the time, 21st and 8th, the smoke billowed into my windows. If you lived in New York at the time, you took it more personal. And I really believe uh, McConaughey, even though he doesn't live there now, he was born there, he lived there, he took it more personal. And I'm okay with that. Play the first uh, three cuts from McConaughey, and then you make the decision whether you thought he did a really good job being sincere or 
Just another Hollywood acting performance out of Matthew. How can a loss of these lives matter? So while we honor and acknowledge the victims, we, we need to recognize that this time it seems that something is different. There is a sense that perhaps there's a viable path forward. Responsible parties in this debate seem to at least be committed to sitting down and having a real conversation about a new and improved path forward. Uh, Camille and I came here to share my stories from my hometown of Uvalde. Came here to take meetings with elected officials on both sides of the aisle. We came here to speak to them, to speak with them, and to urge them to speak with each other. To remind and inspire them that the American people will continue to drive forward the mission of keeping our children safe. Because it's more than our right to do so, it's our responsibility to do so. We heard from so many people, right? Families of the deceased, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, Texas Rangers, hunters, Border Patrol, and responsible gun owners who won't give up their Second Amendment right to bear arms. And you know what they all said? We want secure and safe schools, and we want gun laws that won't make it so easy for the bad guys to get these damn guns. We need to invest in mental health care. We need safer schools. We need to restrain sensationalized media coverage. We need to restore our family values. We need to restore our American values, and we need responsible gun ownership. Responsible gun ownership. We need background checks. We need to raise the minimum age to purchase an AR-15 rifle to 21. We need a waiting period for those rifles. We need red flag laws and consequences for those who abuse them. Responsible gun owners are fed up with the Second Amendment being abused and hijacked by some deranged individuals. These regulations are not a step back. They're a step forward for a civil society and, and the Second Amendment. Look, this should be a nonpartisan issue. This should not be a partisan issue. There is not a Democratic or Republican value in one single act of these shooters. It's not. But people in power have failed to act. So we're asking you, and I'm asking you, will you please ask yourselves, can both sides rise above? Can both sides see beyond the political problem at hand and admit that we have a life preservation problem on our hands? I thought he was great personally. I played a bunch of responses earlier today. We'll play one here, which we did play earlier. One of the stars of the five on Fox News and a star here at WABC, 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. And a good friend of mine, Judge Janine. Here's what she had to say about Matthew McConaughey's speech. I think it was delivered brilliantly. What he did was he had both the intellectual as well as the emotional pieces combined. He did it in a way, and I questioned what he was doing in the White House briefing room. I really did. But then I realized he did it better than anyone from Congress or certainly the president of the United States could do. And he presented things to make everyone feel that they were vested in this. Oh, she was great, too, and I couldn't agree more. There you have it, folks. That is the other uh, big story of the day. We're going to talk live in studio. Very, very, very interesting lady. She's been on a couple of times before, right, Jenny? She's going to be uh, live in studio coming up at 925. Then we'll play Beat Sid, your chance at catch and prizes. Thank you to the great Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. In fact, we'll take, the, uh, we'll take a, a contestant right now, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Your chance to play Beat Sid. Coming up, once again, that'll be at uh, 940. We'll come back and talk to Janae right after this. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. (laughs) 
925 on your Wednesday morning, back on the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City. We are Bernie and Sid in the morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bernie may be back tomorrow. If not, he'll be back on Monday. And it's been a, a great show today. Peter King, my mom, Lydia, really, really funny. And uh, we've got a special guest in studio now making her third appearance. Uh, Before I get to Janae, though, I do want to congratulate Frank Pallotta in New Jersey. Jack Manzo was telling me that he did win his primary. Another fine Republican in the state of New Jersey. We've got to get Jack Cittarelli to win that gubernatorial next time around. We need Republicans to win in all three, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. So congratulations to Frank, Jack Manzo, the whole team for putting that together. You nodded your head yes, Janae Butler. So you tend to agree the more Republicans, the better. 100%. You know, um, oh, wait a second. You're black. Is that okay? Well, I, you I, know, I, they're not supposed to be and that you know, way. I always have to fight in America as, as a black woman. Do I have a choice of what party that I get do to Do you? Uh, well, I know I have a choice. I know you but, do, but don't your, don't your friends get mad at you, yes, your family? The pressure, the pressure that I experience for making my own choice, right? So looking at both parties and saying, this is what works for me. This is my ideology of America, and this is how I want to see America. But that's not okay when it comes, uh, uh, in, if you're black in America, you're typeset to your Democrat. Right. You know, I've by, had by people way, around me for with 20 Jewish years. People. Same thing with Jewish people. And I will tell you that I grew up a Brooklyn Jewish Democrat, uh, like Bill Clinton, for example. Right. Uh, I've, I actually voted for Hillary, a major mistake in 2016. Yes. But, but unlike most people who were dug in, I wasn't. So even though I voted for Hillary, I rooted for Trump. I had two small children. Mm-hmm. And now I could admit that Donald Trump was one of the greatest presidents, if not the best. Right, first time president ever. So I've evolved in that sense. Did you, were you a Democrat before? Well, I I was a Republican since 2000, right? So I started out, you know, kind of early in my, um, it was was a gentleman, A.B. Britmore, and he was a Republican. And when I started getting into politics, he said, listen, girl, all these nuts are over there on the Democratic side. Well, by and the way, he, in 2000, talking about nuts, Al Gore ran against George Bush. Yeah, exactly. And he was really epic nutty. So you voted yeah, exactly. for George Bush, so, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, and it was, and I love W. W is my guy, okay? And, um, but, so the guy says, he, we stood at the, the mailbox and he made me put in the, my, um, my ballot, I mean, my, my, um, uh, my party. Petition, And so I was a a Democrat up until 2000 just because. Right. And then from 2000 to now, I'm a true Republican. And it was one of the best things that I've ever done, you know, was was really become a Republican and really look at the political system the way that um, I have at this point. And not only Janae Butler. By the way, I love you. I do. I love love you. Um, And you're a citizen. I I appreciate that. I know you're so cute on my Instagram (laughs) page. I'm a citizen. Emojis, the whole thing. Not only are you African-American. Yes. And a woman. It's hard to be a Republican. But you're also in the hip hop industry. I can't imagine there's a lot of folks in that industry, hip hop, that vote Republican. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, see, it's a secret. Ah. And see, that's the thing, you know, see, you got to look at a lot of these hip hop artists make a lot of money. They make upwards of four hundred million dollars. What? So they have. Yeah. Who makes that? Uh, Snoop Dogg. You have. Oh, he's such a piece Cent. of garbage. You know, you have all these people that yeah. are making that money. I hope and you, hate, I, I hope you hate Snoop Dogg. You hate him. I don't hate him, but yeah. I'm disappointed in a okay. lot of stuff that he's done. Okay. You know, yeah. you know, hate is a strong word, right. you know, right. but at the same time, I wish that we can work to stuff to really 
get into these communities and really utilize everything that we the power of hip hop to change the world as as it has done. You well, know? we just had our first hip hop performance at the Super Bowl halftime, yeah. right? And you had uh, Dre. Right. And yeah, he hates uh, the Republicans and, and I think white people, to be honest. Uh, Snoop, we know where he comes from. You had uh, Mary J. Blige, who's probably the least uh, obnoxious of the group, but mm-hmm. even she has said some things in the past. Then you had Eminem, who wants to be black, who took a knee at the end of the performance. <laughs> so talking about folks that make that type of money, yes. 400, 500 million, are any of them outright Republicans? Um, well, I know for a fact that LL Cool J is a registered re- Republican. None of them are um, 50 Cent. Um, I don't know if 50 Cent now is a registered Republican, but he was at a certain point. Well, he became 25 Cent because the Democrats were taxing him so this much. This is what I'm saying. So, they, <laughs> so the issues are there. And the problem in the African-American communities, we don't understand politics. Right. So you have people out here that have all this influence. But when they start talking, you know, they're talking from their behind and they're just trying to saying, oh, yeah, these people are racist because those are the talking points when it comes to Democrats. And they're not really Democrats because they don't live or spend like a Democrat. They don't support social programming like a Democrat. Right. They work like Republicans. Right. They live like Republicans. Of course. course. And then Jay-Z has the song with Nas. I feel like a black Republican money I got coming in. Okay. So he has a whole song on the mentality of the hip hop community, except that we have it. We have, there's, there's been no truth in between the conversation. I mean, the truth is, is that when Donald Trump was president, um, the African American community Mm -hmm. never, there's a fact. This is an absolute fact. Never did better. Made more money, more jobs, and yet I had to read every day from John Legend, his stupid wife, God bless her, and others, black folks in the entertainment industry making more money, like you say, than God, who ripped this man every day, when the fact is his father may have written the letter B, whatever it was, on the rental apartments 50 years ago. But black people did the best ever under Donald Trump. That's a fact. But that's the ignorance that comes with not understanding what the political what the political process is about, because the Democrats who are definitely taking advantage of us and taking advantage of those influencers and kind of giving them the talking points like don't go here because, you know, they're going to go do this and they're going to go do that. And they don't realize that they're holding us up. They don't realize that, you know, part of the political process is not you don't have to agree with everything that everybody does. But if you do agree somewhat, you need to say that, too. Don't just, you know, say, because if you go to Jay-Z, you're going to see that a lot of his partners are strong right wing Republicans. No kidding. OK, wow. you know, you're going to see that and you're going to see that they really wife, work with not his wife. Well, She's all oh, Beyonce's brutal brutal Janae. I don't know so much about this by the way. (laughs) For a guy that likes Neil Diamond, I don't know up a lot. Uh, Janae Butler with us and uh, she's in the hip hop industry and a proud Republican and uh, has really become uh, the fabric of our station and our show. And um, well Jay-Z may work uh, with a lot of Republicans that may be true. Do you feel like you can change some of this. You've got a voice on well, the station. I have. You yeah. know, I have, you know, and I take a lot of the credit for uh, President Trump getting the, the best numbers um, the last time, you know, under the black, because I've been out here, you know, kind of because I've been out here really 
pushing the envelope and saying, why is it not okay for me to be a Republican? Why is it not okay for my views to be this way? And I've argued with Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr. about this. Like, what is the problem? He has no problem with it. Right. So because he understands that if you're taking a valid stance, which you should in America, you know that you can. And so there's a lot of things that need to happen. Right. And I think that they're happening because the conversation like I ran as a Republican in Harlem in 2018 uh, for Congress. And part of that was to start the conversation. I knew that I probably wasn't going to win. Right. But I wanted to start the conversation saying it's okay. For me to be a Republican, it's okay for you to be a Republican if you think that way. And if you ask a lot of uh, African-Americans and what I want you to do, Sid, is start asking African-Americans about their viewpoints, because you'll see that they're they want to be a Republican, but they're scared. There's pressure. Interesting. Interesting. You know, there's a lot of peer pressure. Well, there also there is their ignorance going around on on not just black people, white people, Mm -hmm. bunch of I mean, the abortion issue, for example, uh, look, listen, uh, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, God rest her soul, she said it was bad law, Roe versus Wade. There was a group that called themselves Ruth Sent Us. They got a lot of nerve because mm-hmm. Ginsburg wasn't for it. And look, I'm a pro-choice guy. Right. I'm one of those few guys that's that's only going to vote Republican, but I'm a pro-choice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you're a woman, obviously. Uh, what do you think about the whole abortion issue? Well, you know, I and this has changed over time because me being a woman, I'm an African-American woman. Um, I was married um, uh, a long time ago, look, a long time ago, but I don't have children. And so now now I look at it and I'm and I've been I've been pro-choice my life. But I think that there needs to be more education about what that means, about, you know, um, about people wanting to kind of because people, I think. The abortion piece, I think that people are reaching because they want other things to happen. You know, the population needs to go up. And I think that all those things. But in these states that they're trying to say, listen, I don't care what happens. I don't care why you got pregnant. (laughs) You can't have abortion. No way, no how. That's not right. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Maybe there'll be a Planned Parenthood in those states They'll figure it out. I don't know. But I agree that they should have the opportunity. So in wrapping this up, need to come by more often, by sure, the way. Sure. Um, big race coming up for governor. Mm-hmm. Right now, you really got four guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, mm-hmm. Harry Wilson, and Rob Astorino. Mm-hmm. Have you decided on somebody yet? You're leaning a certain way? Well, see, I love Andrew. Everybody right. says that. I Everybody do. loves Andrew. I love Andrew. Yeah. I, you know, obviously, I think that um, he's going to have a couple issues because of the issues of his father. Right. right? You know, but I love Andrew. Um, Lee Zeldin is a good, you know, is a good guy as well. So I'm I'm just listening at this point. I've been one to listen. And then for me, I always have to say and the African-American community. Let's make sure that we engage the African-American community, because I want to say that right now for Republicans, if we engage the African-American community, we will get inroads. It's so funny. You mentioned the African-American community because you care. You're I do. And you care. And yet people will hear this and go, she doesn't care about us. She's <laughs> hanging out with a white yeah. Jewish host. She, she's all about Republicans. She doesn't care. And every time you and I speak, mm-hmm. you constantly bring up the African-American community because you do care. I do. And that's part of the ignorance. And so, you know, I was, I was raised in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and I'll just tell you how I got to that. You know, I was raised in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, so it's a suburban, upper-middle-class, white neighborhood, right? Yes. And, <laughs> so, and very Jewish, too. Yes. Very Jewish. Yes. You know, and... 
and um and I was able to see the best of both worlds, right? So I was able to go through a lot of things that people don't. And so I realized my education, a lot of things I was very lucky to to get and to have. But then when I came to the urban community, I realized there's a lot of stuff missing. There's a lot of miscommunication going on. And I realized because of my upbringing, this is what I'm supposed to do sure. for the American God you bless know, you. The, the grain of stuff. You, you are. Know? You're an amazing lady. Uh, I do recommend if you do marry again. It's mm-hmm. been a long time. I will. I will. Marry a Jewish guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, We're I'm the thinking best. about that. I know. I know. We're the best. We are the absolute best. Trust I'm me. taking that in. Uh, you are. You're terrific. Keep coming back. Bernie loves you, too. And uh, thank you for another great appearance on okay. Bernie and Sid. You know it. Thank you so much. She's great. Uh, Janine Butler, folks. you got to check her out on Instagram. What's your Instagram address again for folks? Uh, at Jania Butler, J-I-N-E-E-A, Butler, B-U-T-L-E-R. She's a great follower and a super lady. Thank you so much. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Well, it is time to beat Bernie. Jania Butler's looking for her sunglasses. We'll find them. We'll find them for her. I'm your host, Justin Ellick. Uh, the game, sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to peerlessboilers.com or paviliontankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best boilers, best built boilers, excuse me, please. Another special edition of the Beat Sid, uh, Beat Bernie game today because of Bernie's absence. We'll dive right into it here. Uh, Terry in Staten Island, uh, retired teacher. What's going on, Ter? How you doing? How you doing, Justin? I'm good. I'm good. How are I, things? I'm how... nervous. I'm nervous. You're nervous? Why are you nervous? I, I, I just don't want to go over for five. Though. Well, listen, that's a distinct possibility, um, but I threw, <laughs> I threw, I always throw a couple gimmies in there uh, just to uh, make sure that we don't have any um, big-time losers, you know, like biggest losers. Just, uh, yeah, just semi, semi-losers. Okay. All right, you ready to get into the game, Ter? Way to qualify it. All right, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Lou. Appreciate it. All right, number one. What manager led the Boston Red Sox to their first championship in 86 years? Uh, oh, uh, I know he was, as a Yankee fan, he was our friend. Uh, I'm going to say uh, it's the guy who managed the Mets also. Um, All right, here we go. Can't remember it. Oh, all right. Wrong. You two-legged bag of anthrax should be Jesus. Well, all right. That's a good guess there, uh, Terry. But uh, actually, ironically enough, I just realized this. The manager's name was Terry Francona. So, uh, you know. Okay. I remember. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. 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 You know, he always had a big lip of of chaw and uh, and all that good stuff. The great Terry Francona. I remember he left Pedro in and and the Yankees beat up on him. There you go. There you go. Now it's all coming back to you. All right. Over one. Number two. Here we go. Who was the first rookie QB to surpass 3,500 passing yards and throw fewer than five interceptions? Was it A, Tom Brady, B, Ben Roethlisberger, C, Carson Wentz, or D, Dak Prescott? I'll go with Prescott. Very good, Terry. Well, one for one action. No offer. No offer. No offer out of Terry today. Here we go, Terry. Number three. Right on to number three. What sport is the most common cause of eye injuries in the U.S.? Is it A, football, B, baseball, C, darts, or D, fencing? Fencing. Bro, you're trying to get back of anthrax. You'll be Jesus. 
I was thinking uh, fencing as well, Terry, but then I realized they wear those stupid bee yeah, beekeeping yep. masks. I so hope uh, dodge. yeah, well, but, you know, I mean, baseball. You know, baseball makes a little bit of sense. Darts would have made a yeah, but you don't have a guy sitting at the other right <laughs> right next to the dartboard. So unless you <laughs> can I get yeah. a gin and tonic? Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 they usually yeah, you, they usually fence off. Yeah, they usually fence off that area. All right, Terry, good effort, good effort. <laughs> here we go, one for three. Number four. What year was Madonna's debut album released? I was in the 70s. Uh, I'll say 78. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax should be Jesus. Close. Close, Tara. Nineteen eighty three. She's not as old as you think, although she does look like it. Yeah. All right, here we go. Number five. Let's try and go two for five here, Tara. Which hit okay. 1998 Eddie Murphy comedy finally got a sequel in 2021? And try, try, uh, that would be... Not Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, 2021. Uh, yeah. yeah. 48 hours? Ooh. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax should be Jesus. Ooh. Coming to America would be the correct answer, Ter. All right, not a bad uh, effort. You, listen, you, 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 I, I, could, I could feel you using your brain on a lot of those questions, so I appreciate the effort. Uh, one for five ain't bad, and uh, we'll see if Sid will do better. Throw you on hold. You get a chance to talk to the big guy coming up here in a couple minutes, okay? Okay. All righty. Thanks, Ter. All right. You got to get two right. Okay. Okay. You ready? Nope. All righty then. Number one, what manager led the Boston Red Sox to their first championship in 86 years? Hmm. Tough one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with... Hmm. I have two guys in mind. Yeah. Roberts and Francona. Mm. Um, it's one of them, aren't they? Yeah. Terry Francona. Oh, my God. Wow, I loved how you worked that out. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that was very good. You know how to go nice. in a room just now and answer? Uh, we don't have Everybody time on Instagram that sent me these lovely messages about me and my mother. And uh, I hope I got all of you. If I miss somebody, I apologize. But uh, they're rushing me with this nonsense, this stupid game. So, Well, yeah, obviously. We don't have time. It's your yeah. favorite part of the day, though. Yeah, exactly. All right, number two, one for one. Not bad. Not bad out of Sydney so far. Who was the first rookie QB to surpass 3,500 passing yards and throw fewer than five interceptions? Was it A, Tom Brady, B, Ben Roethlisberger, C, Carson Wentz, or D, Dak Prescott? Wow. Tough one. D, Dak Prescott. Where did he go to college? Mississippi State. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you thought you had him. Yeah, he thought. I thought I had him. He thought. No, no. Thought. He's an Eagle. I'm an Eagles fan. I, I know everything about Dak Prescott. I know where he lives. I know where his family lives. Okay, that's comfortable. All right, stalker. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Num- proud. Number three. <laughs> number three, two for two. What sport is the most common cause of eye injuries in the U.S.? Is it A, football, B, baseball, C, darts, or D, fencing? Wow. Football, baseball, darts, or fencing? B, baseball. Wow. Wow. That's a wow. You're on a roll today. Oh, my God. Shut up. God, patronize me. <laughs> yeah, the smartest funny. person you know, dickface. Well, let's try I can't tell you who was a president in 1848. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you suck. Okay. No, I keep, keep, keep telling yourself that. Yeah. All right. Number four, what year was Madonna's debut album released? No multiple choice? No. Are you serious? <laughs> what year was Madonna's? <laughs> Crazy for you was on that. She performed that in Vision Quest. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with uh, 1981. Ooh. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax should be Jesus. That was closer than Terry got. 1983. 
Oh, you're probably right, though. I probably should have made it multiple choice. She's yeah. still wearing the same clothes, by the way. It's yeah. 50 yeah. years later. Calm down. Exactly. Well, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I don't want to see Madonna's vagina anymore. No, no, definitely okay. not. Yeah. Please. Thanks. Please. Well. Okay, number five. Which hit? Yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my God. I used to have one. Lou, that's disgusting. I'm sorry. 2021, he's right. I'm okay, my that's mic fine. Off. I'm sorry. That's uh, fine. Which hit 1998 Eddie Murphy comedy finally got a sequel in 2021? Oh, the sequel was so bad. So disappointing because the first one was nothing short of amazing. Mm-hmm. You know who was in that movie? Oh, my God. Guy who played the dad in Good Times. Yeah. I love that guy. Okay. John Amos. Yeah. Gotta go, though. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Arsenio Hall. Okay. Coming to America. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Every time. Rocky Marshall. Every time. Rocky Marshall. Every time a white man went, Rocky Marshall. All right. He did beat Joe Lewis's ass. Yep. You're right. He did beat Joe Old. All right, so that's Sydney Rosenberg uh, doing, giving you guys a little sample of coming to America. Uh, I'm Justin Ellick, your host for the game. I am signing off now. And uh, Sydney, say hello to Terry. Uh, hi, Terry. How are you, brother? How you doing, Sid? I'm good, man. Every day. Uh, thank you, buddy. Where are you at right now? I'm in Staten Island, pulled over. I'm, I'm delivering Meals on Wheels, and I'm just pulled over. Wow, Meals on Wheels. That's actually very honorable and very, very nice. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, thank, I, I, I try to do my, you know, give, give a little bit back, you know. Wow, it sounds like you're a wonderful person. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to me and Bernie. Thank you for uh, playing today's game, and thank you for giving back. You sound like a very nice man. Thank you very much. I try. I try. All right, well, God you bless know. you, and be safe out there, okay? Okay, take care of yourself. Take That's care, good. you too, Terry. Thank you so much. We'll come back and close shop Wednesday edition. Bernie and Sid. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Night, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. Queen, don't stop me now. Well, you know, you stopped me, so because show's over, I gotta go home, so. That's it, you stopped me. Don't stop me. I love this song. Well, it was another great show today. i tell you who gets uh, big ratings today is Phil. Philly Dimitrovsky. Whatever his name is, a long, stupid last name. But he was uh, great on the air today, just great. So thank you, Phil. Thank you, Sid. Good job, fun. Oh, yeah, I always have fun when I'm here. You're the man. Thank you very much. Uh, Lou Rafino, you're just, you wake up, you're great. You're great mm. when you sleep, even. Mm. Hope I wake up tomorrow. That's <laughs> me too. That's Trust me. Uh, Frankie Diaz, Deb Valentine, the whole crew here today. Jackie, good morning. Uh, all of our guests were great. Mom, I love you, Mom. You look terrific again. I'm not sure if Bernie's going to be here tomorrow or not. I know Bill O'Reilly will be here. Uh, we'll let you know later on today, but I'll be here for sure. I can guarantee you that. So, folks, have yourselves a beautiful Wednesday. The weather is great here in New York City. Uh, Justin Ellick, great job today, Justin. Until tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., from all of us to all of you. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation 
or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.